Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Real Talk episode 76. Today, we have a very fun episode as this week, Dune part two is going to be coming out. So to get ready for that, we're doing a Denis Villeneuve special. We're going through his entire filmography. We've been cranking through them this week. We're going to go from front to back all the way leading us up up to where we are today with Dune part two. We're also going to talk Avatar The Last Airbender. George is going to give his review on the series so far. We're going to talk normal movie news and trailers in general as well. But really today is all about Denis Villeneuve, going to go deep into his filmography, going to be a good time. But as always, shout out to our executive producer, Stefan Johnson, the one and only king right now that is our executive producer. But with that being said, how are we doing this week, George? George and Cam are both not here last week as Seth and I had a guest last week. But George, how you been? Fine. Um, Spent the week in the hospital, obviously, post-surgery, which is just torturous. Um, it's just uncomfortable to sleep. It's uncomfortable to move. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Um, so I got home Thursday. Uh, been fine since. Still in like a pretty good amount of pain. Um, but, you know, they gave me Tylenol, which is cool, I guess. Um, but Hell yeah. Hell yeah. It's, it's fucked up because like when you're in the hospital, they pump you with pain meds 24-7. Yeah. And then when they release you, they're like, here's Tylenol. Good luck, dude. <laughs> and it's like, all right, cool. Thanks. Over the uh, counter, or at least like like heavy. No, duty no, style. yeah, it's like heavy duty. Okay, like yeah, that's fair. <clears throat> yeah. If it was over the counter, I'd be fucked. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> which would be so fucked. Uh, but I'm good. I'm good. Getting getting back to like up and about, going on walks, trying to get my strength back slowly. Three months till I can go to the gym. So just kind of counting down those days. Three months, really? Yeah, I, th- I thought you were like... almost to the hump. I'm sorry. Nah, I mean. Technically, I am. Technically, yeah, 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 yeah. This was like the last step of it, but yeah, three months, which is actually not a bad. Th- so before, before I even went in for the surgery, my sister was like, "Yeah, it's gonna be because she's a nurse at the cancer center I go to." Oh. Um, she's like, "Yeah, it's gonna be probably like a year's recovery," and I'm like, "Shut the fuck up!" I'm like, no, it's not. I'm, I'm not recovering for a year. And then the surgeon was like, three months, no heavy lifting." I'm like, "All right, that's way better than a fucking year." Yeah. Um, but yeah. That was my week, sitting in a hospital bed, watching movies. It's kind of fucked up that it takes cancer for me to be able to lift as much as you, George. <laughs> I don't know if I mean, that's a joke I'm to tell. I hope that's all right. That was a funny joke. You could definitely lift more than me right now. I had trouble picking up this fucking microphone yesterday to bring it to my desk. Damn. Sorry to you, hear look healthy. you look really much healthier, though. Like yeah, much I, mean, healthier. I feel good. I feel a lot better now. What more life? I did like... Definitely. Yeah, I got like my color back. My hair's coming back, obviously. My fullness is coming back. I'm like eating more, so I'm getting more weight. Your mustache, the stash growing the stash. faster than the is rest that, of the year. Is that is that just like faster growing, or did you plan yeah. for that? Okay, no, that's that's just faster. as a guy who this can't grow a beard, I don't understand how that works. <laughs> no, this is just faster growing, which is annoying because it makes me look like a 
fucking like pedophile or a porn star or something. I don't I don't like the singular beard. I'd say more so a few days ago, but right now your stubble everywhere else is in strong. Yeah, where it, like, yeah and it's it, like it's it'd be weird if it was on its own. If it was just on its own, yeah. I'd tell you to get rid of it like straight away. It, I'd be honest. Yeah, if it was just the mustache, I would not have it. But I think it kind of works. I think you pull Once it everything gets long enough, I'm gonna shave it all down or trim it all down to the same length and then let it grow out together. That's mm-hmm. fair. I don't know if it's a compliment, but I think the porn star look, you can pull it off. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'll start my, my new career tomorrow. Yeah. If the finance <laughs> industry ever goes downhill for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cam, how have you been? You, you're matching George on the, the olive green shade colored on the right side of the screen or left side. I don't know which way to look when it uploads, but yeah. How's it going? Two good looking guys in green, of course. <laughs> um, it's going well. Yeah. Had a bachelor party last weekend in Arizona. Got to meet Tyler. He's lovely tall as shit threw me off a little um that's like my biggest takeaway when i came back home and was like how's tyler i'm like he's so tall it pissed me off yeah, uh, you, you, you cooked me in top golf how was actual golf how'd you do 82 but let me say that's tyler a really good score let me say arizona's kind of mickey mouse golf courses or at least the one i played because like the desert you get so much roll my uh shout out my buddy um andrew etchison uh, my best friend he, he was uh, best man in my wedding shout out him he has never broken 100 he bro- he shot 99 nice. um it's crazy but uh like every duff he's ever he had went like 120 yards still um yeah so, it's so dry that i think it's probably just a lot harder yeah. grass and and also there's way less trees so you lose way less balls yeah that's that's real- that's very true. Right i didn't, I didn't lose a single mean? golf ball it was awesome seth you got to get into golf golf's great I, i've never uh, played golf in my life I, of I course like you are tough though like at least that, that is like strictly based yeah, off we, my knowledge cam of, like, and i would know we played courses. a virtual we played a virtual oh yeah we did yeah. So we, we know exactly what it's like. Not in the UK as well on the St. Andrews, we played virtual St. Andrews. But uh, mm-hmm. does a hundred yeah. mean like? Is it like eighteen holes? Is that what it is? Yeah. So a hundred is twenty eight over on mo- most courses. So so okay. <laughs> it, I'm not explaining golf to you. <laughs> I'm not explaining. Yeah, golf. yeah it would be too much to get into. But Cam did very 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 good for his score, basically. Um, yeah, but it was really annoying because I, I I hit my driver about as as well as I've ever hit it, and I was like sixty yards out on like at least 12 out of 18 holes. Um, and I bladed the ball past by like 30 yards every time. Um, so you, that was frustrating. Did you ask him if he was okay after the ball? No, you said you hit your driver. Yeah. The driver, not, not driver of car, bad joke, bad joke. <laughs> I like it though. Not driver of car. Um, I don't, is a driver. Is that the one that goes like big boy? The big club, yeah, the one they use at the top. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was cranking it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a 350 yard drive. That's probably one of my longest. So I was happy with that. Um, good week. Uh, but like you know, after um, shout out Connor Lash getting married this summer. Shout out him. Uh, uh, you know how like every time after you get back from a vacation, you just feel sick because like I was in much warmer weather. You can kind of see outside right now. There's a little bit of snow on the ground. If you can see through my oh, window. Wow um not horrible like it's been a fine week weather-wise like in the 50s but it's just not arizona weather um and so i've been sick all week um real tired catching catching back up on sleep i had a 1 a.m flight out um and it got delayed till 2 30 uh so i just like didn't sleep at all the uh, monday morning and that was awful um but happy to be back i think this the soups and alex episode looked like it went really well um I, I i can't believe soups inside outtake i still don't know if it's yeah 
the, he's uh, never allowed on the podcast. Yeah, no, he, he, he might he, be canceled. He, did you he see the canceled. Did you see the clip that we posted or the Matteo yeah. posted yesterday? It's yeah. like he's doing well. Yeah. Not literally described the film, and then no, said, I know this that's is what, why, why so which is what like I I, did, I was still so unsure on the part of just being truthful or not. So yeah, like yeah, yeah. I didn't question it, but yeah, I was like. So you don't like it because like the movie was sad. Like, was I'm, like I'm telling him he's wrong. I, I'm I might cancel with, Stoops. I kind of based. If that's a real take though, then he's he's had a good life though. It sounds like he's like, man, this movie sucks. Like sadness <laughs> just kind of ruins things in people's lives. I'm like, have you never? Yeah, that's, 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 that is what sadness does, yeah. man. Shout out Soups maybe for being too happy for Inside Out, but yeah, uh, shout out Soups, happiest guy who exists. You're canceled. Uh, um, but yeah, happy to be back. Yeah, excited all the for, comments were like, for the. I've been hyping crazy. up the game this week too much. So yeah, yeah I was, the real yeah. quick game this right. week should be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm excited yeah. to see what it is. But that'll be on Thursday. Uh, Seth, how, how have you been doing this week? Uh, shit. Let's move on. Terrible. <laughs> all <laughs> right. What it is. Well, that, that'll do it. Um, my week was solid. So Cameron came and visited. Uh, but that was kind of last weekend. That was a good time. Then the week was pretty standard, nothing crazy out of the ordinary. Um, so tomorrow, well, I mean, there's uploading Monday, but the day, t- Sunday of this week is my three-year anniversary with Riley, so that's great. We're going to be having a good time, going to see Dune, um, might might do like a dinner or something. She's working, so like, she has to sleep tomorrow. today. Yeah, so it's, annoyed it's, everyone. It's nice. And then, but, but I mean, the big news is we're seeing Tenet on Tuesday, so that'll be huge. How and long then, is it available for you? Is it like a week? I, I think initially it was a week, but I think it might be two now. I'm pissed when I'm getting to hear him on. It's kind of annoying. I thought we would have done. Twitter's already mm-hmm. overflowing with people that are joining the tenant mm-hmm. side of history. I'm like, yeah. welcome. We've, we've, been, we've been waiting for I feel like I'd be there, you know, rewatch IMAX a few years down the line. But yeah, they don't want to give it to me. Mm-hmm. Well, what's crazy too is that it's not like you with Oppenheimer, where it's like you were already at like a four, four and a half, and then like you watched mm-hmm. it again, it got to the five. I'm seeing people that were like, I like kind of hated this when it came out. Now I'm like, it's like all clicking for me. I'm like, people are moving up like two whole stars on Letterboxd. Tenet's gaining a lot of allies. And um, yeah, fun. Going to be excited to rewatch it. I haven't seen it since like 2021, 20. I don't know. It's been a long time since I've seen it. So I'm excited to see it. But um, yeah, my week's been pretty standard overall. Uh, I have another friend coming into town this week for, it's just bachelor party in Arizona, bachelor party season in Arizona. So similar to Cam, my friend's coming like a day early. We're just going to hang out. And then I, let him off into the wild and go to his bachelor party and have fun with debauchery. But yeah. Uh, what have we been watching Cameron? Um, Time out real quick. Yes. Tyler, last week you said like I dropped my club at, at top golf, which I did. Um, mm-hmm. But my parents like texted me um, and we're like, why'd you they throw your club at top? Yeah. They, th- they <laughs> listen to the pod. My dad like drives to Michigan for work. So he listens to the pod every week. So sh- shout out that. Um, but he was like, why'd you throw your club at top golf? <laughs> Like your friends aren't going to want to play golf with you if you take it too seriously. I'm like, I didn't throw the damn thing. I, it slipped out of my hand. Yeah, it slipped out of your hand, but it's like it wasn't a throw for sure, but also dropped. Like, yeah, it's like dropped. How do you drop it? Like, I don't even know how it happened. I don't, I don't know what happened. I down. honestly don't I, know I what happened. Like, I literally looked around. I'm like, what the what happened here? Yeah, um, that, like, good times. Good times. Yeah. What are you watching, Cam? Anything on the plane? Nothing. Because I, I like, yeah. So I watched a bunch on the plane going there. So. Have we talked this? What's better in your opinion on planes? Rewatches or new watches? I'm a rewatch. Yeah. Rewatches. Any trouble is definitely re-watch. rewatches. Okay. Cool. Yeah, any yeah. re-watches. I didn't know if that was like a spicy thing, but I'm a rewatch guy. I'm on the plane there. I watched some Oppenheimer, some Spider Man. 
Um, Which Spider-Man? Across the mid one, Homecoming. Great, oh. love love Homecoming so much. That's my favorite um, Tom Holland one. Nice, sure. Nice um, and it did. They did have Far From Home. They had like Into. They had they had almost all the Spider-Mans except like No Way Home. Or sorry, they had all like the most recent Spider-Mans. They had none of the Andrew Garfield back. Uh, but they didn't have No Way Home, um, which like it didn't matter. But I was going to watch Into the Spider-Verse on my way home. But again, I was trying to sleep the whole time, but I don't sleep well on planes. So I was like sitting there like this and then I'd like wake up, you know. Um, so, yeah, I didn't watch a ton this week, even though I thought I'd watch a bunch on the plane. Watch Polytechnic, um, Madam Web, got around to watching that and like that took me. 10 or 15 spurt spurts of watches i'm gonna be honest with everyone i just was didn't give a fuck no one's gonna be mad at you for that one yeah sorry you could have watched on you know what i'm i'm actually happy i pirated that one sony (laughs) does not deserve money for that um maelstrom right that's how it's pronounced Mm -hmm. i think so i don't i think so yeah um and then arrival last night (laughs) arrival's great i wanted to watch blade runner 2049 i just didn't have time this week um seth i watched blue velvet a while ago or not a while ago at this point but we haven't talked since i watched it kind of yeah, loved it. Uh, i think we, i was really proud of my review um saying it it, it takes criminally horny to a whole new level it's really proud come, of we've one. spoke about it's like two times on the podcast i swear no i wasn't here last week brother yeah i don't think I it was it, one week, the week before no i watched it one week ago unless i just text you we, we've had a yeah, I mean, you, te- you texted me and was like, "This I love, I love this." Podcast? No, Are you sure? When did you watch it? I thought it was like one week weeks. ago. I can tell you the exact date: February twelfth. That's February so 15th, weird. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just Nine thinking days ago. Spoke about it on the on on like chat. Text. Um, yeah. But yeah, oh, and sure. I watched Orion in the dark. Also, like in the airport pre-plane. Um, fuck off with that movie. Yeah, bad <laughs> movie. Uh, it's totally like, fine movie. Is that, is that Charlie Coffin? Is that that one? Um, that yeah, yeah. Know. His animated movie. It's well, like, he wrote it. I don't think he did. Is it not good? Like, oh, the dark's no, not that it. bad. Who cares? No one likes the dark. Shut up. <laughs> shut up. Like, shut up. Um, but yeah, just not a great kids animated movie in my opinion. Not not anything I'll ever show to Bailey. And that's kind of like where I'm at determining like kids <laughs> movies. Am I like gonna like really want to show this to Bailey or not? You gotta start a letterbox uh, list of that. Like anytime you watch yeah, a kids' dude. movie, to be like, this, this makes the cut. This doesn't. He's getting into he's getting into Bluey now, and I know you guys have never watched Bluey, but maybe you've watched an episode here and there. So good, bangs every time. <laughs> I know like the nine, nine minute episodes. That's it. Nine minute episodes, like basically everyone makes me almost cry. But so good, man. But he's getting into Bluey a lot, so that's Wait, nine minute episodes. Awesome. What is it? A cable show or is it like a YouTube series? It's all on Disney Plus. Oh. Um, I don't know if it's actually on. I don't know if it's actually. I mean, there's like 60 episodes in a season and like three seasons. So a season, Jesus. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a lot of episodes, but um, they have their methodology for making them like eight to seven minutes. Like, but banger every time. You did you see the comments on your um, Orion review? Come, I'm just looking. Orion in the yeah yeah Orion whatever it's called yeah yeah yeah. Oh, and the only reason they made an Orion his name Orion is because they said I think it was crying or something. They made some joke during the movie that's like, Orion, oh, always crying. Like, shut up. That's the only reason they made his name Orion. Uh, but yes, I did see the comments. That was pretty funny. They made me laugh. They're good. But that's about all. Nothing crazy. George, what have you been watching this week? 
lot of rewatches. <clears throat> um, Apocalypse Now, which we'll obviously talk about later this week for our patrons. Um, Victoria and I rewatched Anyone But You last night. Um, killed a couple of long movies in the hospital. Just Zack Snyder's Justice League peak. Are you going to uh, give that a five anytime soon? I'm sick of seeing um, you love it at 4.5. Every time I watch it, I'm like, Dan, this is a five-star movie. And then there's like one or two scenes that come up and I'm like, ah, maybe it's not a five-star movie. <laughs> so I'm, I'm content with my four and a half right now. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, nice. A couple of first watches too. I watched the, the Day After Trinity documentary about Oppenheimer. Pretty cool. Oh, I want to watch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was cool. It was a cool, quick 60 minutes. Um, the day the earth stood still, the one with Keanu Reeves, didn't really like it. Um, I watched this bringing up baby from 1938, uh, a movie Sophie recommended to me. I didn't give it a rating because it's, it's rated so highly and I finished the movie and the first thought I had was that's a half star movie. So I want I would respect you so much. I want to give it another watch because I want to give it the benefit of a doubt of not being in like oh, a good mood fun. while watching it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I fucking hate that movie. Um, but I did not rate it. Um, I watched this movie called Alice in Terrorland because why not? And why not? Because you spent like five dollars on it. Yeah, Fuck. yeah why not crazy, waste crazy. my money on fucking Alice in Terrorland? <laughs> I kind of wanted you to watch it, all of you. It was kind of funny. Um, I watched the John Carpenter Assault on Precinct uh, 13. It's the second highest rated film on Letterboxd by like average. Is it? I've seen, yeah, I've seen 11 Carpenter films. It's my least favorite. I did not. It was so boring. I haven't seen like, it. It was just so boring. It just like, it didn't even feel like a John Carpenter film at times. Um, just like Cam, I, I illegally streamed Madam Web because it didn't deserve my money, but. How don't Alice give them money. Land. Don't give them money. Yeah, I did not. Bad movie. Um, and yeah, that's about it. Rush Hour I watched. I watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer for the first time, the movie. Um, didn't really love that. Uh, but that's it, yeah. That's pretty much going through everything. I'm yeah. a little I'm a little pissed off right now. Um, because I didn't realize Cosmos and August 32nd on Earth were Denny Villeneuve movies. I didn't see them on Letterboxd. So I didn't watch them, and now I I'm really bummed that oh, I didn't. I, yeah, don't I didn't watch Cosmos, and I didn't I've read it. He it's directed by six different directors. It's like six. Oh, I count. Direct one. Okay, that makes uh, me feel better. But I didn't see the damn August thirty second movie. Mm-hmm. Who I wanted uh, to see his whole filmography. You wouldn't have liked it anyway, Cam. It's all good. I I can predict your rating for that one anyway. It's fine. Is it is it ass? Uh, I mean, you, I mean, you have it at two and a half. It sounds like ass. I liked it better than a couple, but yeah. Seth, what have you been watching? Amadeus, finally. Uh, Great movie. Wow. Why did I not watch this series? It's like, it's like Dude, Barry Lyndon, but the same. I watched, the, I watched that movie months ago, and I immediately said, Seth, watch this yeah. fucking movie. Yeah, it was really just uh, five-star banger. Amazing. Loved it. So, so good. Um. We watched the New World, Malik, but not up to a five as well. Uh, watched obviously Prisons and Arrival, which we'll we'll speak about. Um, watched a World War Two documentary, which was really good. Watched Demons, George. I know you've seen Demons. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Really, really had a, like a great time with that. It's fucking so dumb, but really, like, really had a good time mm. with that. Um, watched a couple of shorts. Watched Nowhere. Watched Morbius. <laughs> Why? Wait, I, what? I, I wanted to. I, I just put it on the background. So I was like, "How bad is this film?" It's pretty bad. It's but, uh, 
I would say though, I actually, I, I actually um, had a better time with it than I did Madame Web because I thought it was funnier at times. You know, I'd agree. I'd agree with that. I think the post credit um, scene's hilarious. Like they brought Michael Keaton in there. That. Oh, I should have stayed it's, for it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you seen Spider-Man: Homecoming, Michael. right? Wait, what? You seen Spider-Man: Homecoming, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's Michael Keaton from... Well, there's two po- post The first one's like him in jail, Vulture. Oh, yeah. And then the second one is like Vulture flying in to meet Morbius. He's like, we should create a team to stop the oh, Spider-Man. Yeah, I don't know how I got here. It's something to do with Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. um, All time. When did we speak, Tyler? We did uh, six days ago. On oh, we spoke about Elephant City still. Obviously, I watched yeah, yeah. Uh Wide Awake, which was, was it M. Night's debut? Like a studio debut, whatever? Really, really hated that. Um, and he then, doesn't have the sauce. Midnight. <laughs> and then watched Battle Royale 2, which wasn't great. Uh, yeah, that's probably it this week. Oh, I watched... Um, um, Wait, what? Big... Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? I thought you loved Battle Royale. What are we doing? Two. Oh, oh, oh. Not as hungry. well, TWL. Okay. My bad. Uh, and then back on... Um, I've, I've done a little break. Back on, back on Twin Peaks now. And... Uh, Nearly finished to season two of that. Tyler, when you got on season two, I'd be really intrigued. It's very different at times because Lynch like kind of stepped out for like six, seven episodes. So basically it becomes just like a soap. It's very weird, some of the choices. Um, but yeah, that's kind of about it this week, I think. Yeah. Well, I think even season one has like soap elements because it's a very melodramatic. No, it's parody. It's like parody. Like mm-hmm. it turns into like an actual not like a play on soap, like a soap. Mm. Some of the choices are like so generic and kind of mainstream. They, they really mm. don't stick with Lynch's style, which obviously is very hard to do. Yeah. And then he kind of just comes back in. But I'm at the bit where he's like coming back in now. It's really weird, but yeah. Yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of mixed reviews on season two. But yeah, I'll get into it. It's a lot longer than season one, so I've been putting it off. Yeah, it season is, one's kind of easy to crank out. Um, because yeah, it's like 18 eight episodes, episodes. It's like 10 more episodes, isn't it? Yeah. Like um, all right, yeah. I've watched a ton this week. So finished off kind of like the latest Best Actor and Best Actress movies. So watch Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Yeah, it's, it was fine. I know Seth hates it, but I was like, yeah, it wasn't wasn't great. Yeah, I hate it. You guys are such that movie is so good, so shit. That I have this I have this argument so with my own good. mother all the time, George. Um, she I'm, loves I'm this on, shit. I'm, I'm on your mom's side. Put us in a group chat, dude. I'll <laughs> smoke you. <laughs> yeah, I gave it a three star, so I, I liked it. Um, then I watched Room, liked that a lot more. Uh, Brie Larson, so good. Which room? Actually, oh, in okay. a good when she's actually in a good project. And Jacob Tremblay, like one of the best like child acting performances, is, is it's good to see he's still in the industry. Um, watch Judy, uh, shit movie. Twenty sixteen though. Twenty fifteen. Room? room? Yeah. What about it? You said good to see he's still in the industry. That was like he did Luca. Ago. He did Luca, which is a you just mean like now. Yeah, I mean, I thought you were talking like room, like good to see he's in rooms, like in the industry still. No, like, I mean, that was 10 years ago when that was filmed and he's still in like, he was like in the Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying now. Yeah. I thought you were I, I also thought the same like, Tom. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I was like, he's, room was he's, no, he's yeah, the I mean, lead voice yeah. actor in Orion in the Dark. Yeah, they were thinking differently that. I, I think they were thinking, yeah. Is that, it really? I didn't even get that. He's in like Doctor Sleep as well. Yeah, he, he's a big in the, the well, he was Little Mermaid, he was... Yeah, hell yeah. He's another stuff too. But um Judy was was ass. Blue Jasmine, awesome. Love that Kate Blanchett performance. So different than what like I don't know, just showed so much range in that because it's like comedic while also like a her classic drama self. Um still Alice. Uh didn't didn't all work for me. Uh still Alice. It's what Julianne Moore won her Oscar for. 
it's it's these films to, don't exist, Bob. Never fucking heard it's of similar them. to the father. I'm way lower on it than most people. It's about a woman kind of losing her mind with early dementia, and I just feel like I, right. I might have liked it more if I saw it before I saw the father, but uh, it, just, it just didn't all work for me. And then uh, watch Burn after reading. And I don't know the Coens. I still continue to be so hot and cold on. I think I just kind of hate them when they do comedy because it just not isn't good for me. So I think Drive Driveway Dolls are probably gonna hate to be honest, but yeah, we'll see. I've seen one of them to be fair. Yeah, it's it's the worst of the two. So I already knew I was probably gonna hate it. But um, watch a couple of George Melier shorts. Watch uh, so on our Patreon we do film raffles, which is you we all kind of grab a ticket on thursday and then they have like a program that just randomly assigns people so basically each week a different patron will recommend a different patron a movie and then you'll send a recommendation out to another patron um i've had a backlog of like seven for a long time so i've been starting to crank through those still have like four left but they're all international films which usually means i'm gonna have to wait until like you know I'm, i can really sit in and focus 100 percent, not even 99 percent of my attention because you know you need subtitles obviously and you don't want to miss anything so got through all the english ones so the place beyond the pines um really love that movie uh ryan gosling just uh, yeah he, he he always looks great you can throw face tattoos neck tattoos on him he still looks like just just an absolute prince and then bradley cooper also also great uh watch wildlife which is a jake gyllenhaal carrie mulligan film paul dano's directorial debut from 2018 really like that one as well that was also another patron recommendation and another patron recommendation was synecdoche Synecdoche, New York. Oh man, yeah, yeah. five star for me. Love that movie. Uh, that's why I'm interested to watch Orion in the Dark because I, I tend to enjoy Charlie Kaufman. At least I really love Synecdoche, New seen, York. And uh, I'm thinking of ending things. Yeah, I really love that one as well. I think it's yeah. like a four yeah, and a half yeah. star for me. So, um, yeah, both those have been great. Um, Apocalypse Now, which we'll be talking about on Friday for the patrons, uh, and then just a lot of Denis Villeneuve, just cranking through all of his filmography that I still haven't seen. Relogged Enemy for the first, or well, logged it for the first time, but watched it for the first time in like ten years. Um, and then watched One from the Heart, which is Francis Ford Coppola's musical from 1981. Uh, I liked it. I, th- I think it's one of the, the prettiest films I've ever seen, like the production and, and it just visuals are absolutely beautiful. Um, but in terms of a musical, I like something that I can kind of get catchy songs with. And then there was just none to be had here. And there's really only like one musical number anyway. So, so it's hardly even a musical, but it's more of just kind of a drama with musical elements. But uh, anything in Vegas, I love the setting, all the lights, the casinos, good time. But yeah, then yesterday was just a ton of Denis Villeneuve, which with watching his movies and watching his short films. But yeah, which will uh, kind of segue us into going through his entire filmography. So Denis Villeneuve obviously has Dune Part 2 coming out. Uh, March 1st is the official release date. Going to be uh, one of our most anticipated movies probably of this entire decade for everyone here on the podcast. Ever. We're all, yeah, ever. We're all in- insanely excited. One more it. sleep, folks. One more sleep. <laughs> Yeah. You've seen it before as well. Seven for yeah, Seth. Seth, you're not. No, I've seen it like a week. Before the how next are you one? seeing it? Come, how are you seeing it? Dude, it's just like AMC. Yeah, AMC wow. has an early fan. It's not like a... Because I'm big so time, early. Seth. That's fucking why. <laughs> they called me up and said, Timmy needs you. Come see this uh, fucking yeah. movie, man. No, there's no there's no like early ones here. It's no. really annoying, man. They're doing... Are you seeing it before the next pod? Yeah, yeah, I've seen it on Friday. Okay, cool, cool. They're doing um, the uh, what you call it? They're doing like a. I haven't seen this is the first film I've seen in a while. Do midnight screenings near me on the release day? Oh, like actual. I yeah, I haven't seen that in like. Do, since people do they not do like? like do they not do like like seven p.m. screenings on Thursdays? They do, right? Mm-hmm. No, because that's not our date, is it? That's your because because it, no, it's they, like they no, all of our 
all of our dates are like the Friday that it releases, but basically every movie comes out like the night before. Oh no. I thought it's like interesting. No, I, no we yeah. just do it like it's like if it comes out on the is it is it the first? See? Yeah. Yeah, so it will come out on the first at literally like twelve oh one AM they're doing like screens. But it's the first wow. one I've seen since like um Infinity War and stuff where people yeah. were going, you know, at midnight and stuff, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Well, we're all looking forward to it. And obviously next week we'll be going heavy talking about Dune Part Two. Um, but for this week we're gonna go through Denise's entire filmography. Um, starting from the front to the back. So how we're going to do it is similar to how we did M night uh, all those years ago or months ago, where we're, we're just going to go front to back from his entire filmography. And then at the very end, we will do our actual ranking each of us from, you know, least favorite to favorite. But for now, we're just going to talk about the film in chronological order. Um, so he kind of started his career with cosmos, which we kind of talked about right before the pod. It's, uh, it's a kind of collection of six short films, but uh, they're they're a lot more connected than normal. So it's, it's an immigrant cabbie connects nervous filmmaker, lawyer, mystery man, possible HIV plus gay man, positive gay man, comedy and tragedy mingle, a wash in philosophy. So it, it's six different directors that kind of do all these different segments of one 90 minute film that's all kind of connected to his cabbie. But it, I don't know. It, it wasn't as stark as I would have expected. It's not like a, a segment happens and it like cuts to black and then a title screen hits the next one. It, it flows seamlessly. You never would really guess watching it that it's, you know, six stark directors. Uh, it, it flows a lot nicer. And I liked it. I, I'm pretty sure I'm the only one up here that's seen it. Uh, it's not as obviously full Denis Villeneuve, but that's kind of where he started in 1996 before his uh, directorial debut in 1998. August 32nd on Earth. I believe Seth and I are the only ones who have seen it. No, I think George uh, I saw it. I, I wanted to rewatch it for the pod, but oh, I gotcha. haven't seen it in such a long time. All right. So August 32nd on Earth. Let me pull up the synopsis here. So this is 1998 when he does his full feature length directorial debut. After surviving a car wreck virtually unscathed, a young model compels her best friend to impregnate her in the salt flats of Utah. Um, we'll, we'll start off with Seth. Seth, what's kind of thoughts on this movie? Yeah, not many. Uh, I watched this like... Um like just under a year ago when i was finishing off his filmography i think that it is fine it has you know artistic vision it's i would compare it to like my thoughts on it i would compare it to like um nolan's debut actually with following were they like the same year as well i yeah, think 98 yeah i think so yeah, yeah interesting so wow they really are on a similar trajectory just in everything aren't they it's kind of weird uh yeah um i think it's fine i think it's got like an, you know the artistic vision's there i think that it it kind of is master this kind of simple romance, but it is profound. I just think it's kind of boring. It's kind of dull. Um, it's kind of my main my main complaint with it. I just wasn't that interested with everything that was going on. There were some really cool shots like the desert and stuff. Um, and I think, you know, it kind of has that. Uh, it's, it's smaller scale, obviously, but you can see kind of, you know, the future and what Denis can achieve with it, similar to like what I said with Nolan's following. But it's just kind of boring. There was nothing really there that I could latch on to a lot of the time. Um, and when there was cool moments, they were like, you know, few and far between. Um are we saying ratings now or do you want to say them after? Like, what would you want to do? Because I think like, it's like a spoiler if we say ratings now and then. Yeah, yeah, that works. We can just talk general. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I don't really like it. I mean, I don't hate it. I'll just say that, but I didn't really like it. It wasn't, it's nothing that I could really latch onto and, 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 and um, like, like many of his films. And it also, even though I don't think it's as simplistic as it seems on the surface, I don't actually find the, the actual themes of it that interesting and how they're presented. Because um, there's other films that we're going to speak about that Denny's done soon which are early on in his career um, like polytechnic like maelstrom where even though some of it went over my head and i didn't really like it was something i could actually have a conversation about and, and be interested in mm -hmm. um but this one not so much george any thoughts on august 32nd on earth 
honestly not really it's been so long since i've watched this movie um mm-hmm. more so just like crazy to see like he and nolan have had like a very similar trajectory in film and it's kind of oh and they're buddies like, same yeah. age yeah and, and they're, they're fucking buddies. boys yeah they're yeah. fellas together right now doing yeah all but... and everything. yeah denia is like 57 i think uh, i don't know christopher nolan 56 so there's three years between them so they're like you know it's pretty interesting dudes how old's Nolan? 59 or 53? 53. Oh, okay. Young guy. Yeah, he's pretty young. Yeah, but they, they got decades to go still if they want to. Um, but yeah, for me, August 32nd on Earth, like Seth said, I, I think there's more that meets the eye. It just wasn't the most captivating. I gave it a three star. I guess that's kind of a spoiler, but I have a lot of stuff tied down there. So um, you, it doesn't really say the order. But yeah, I... It, very, very pretty movie. I think Denis Villeneuve's directorial skills have been apparent from the beginning. It's the classic. Like, I feel like everyone's had this, like, I don't know. You, you've heard about this story time and time again, where it's like, you know, people are like, oh, if we're both single, like, you know, best friends, guy and girl, the classic friend zone situation, like, oh, if we're both single and don't have kids in our 30s, then we're going to, you know, meet up and we're going to start a family of our own. wonder if anyone actually follows through on that, like normal people, if they actually do that, because I feel like that's the story as old as time of a dude that's in the friend zone heavy that tries to cope by saying like, you know, like if we're still single in 12 years when high school's when we're long past high school, then, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll get back together and have kids. Um, but yeah, I just think, you know, with, with the car accident, with, uh, Philippe at the very end, kind of getting bludgeoned, um, with the dates going from August 32nd to August 38th, which obviously are just like not real dates. Um, they find like a dead body, the desert just looks super clean and pristine. I think it could be, you know, more spiritual and, you know, they could just be dead the whole time as more purgatory or something like that. But, uh, um, yeah, I, I think there's more here that I just didn't fully grasp onto, but, I enjoyed it for what it was. Uh, it's a tight about eighty minutes, so it's quick watch. But um, yeah, nothing, nothing crazy there from from his directorial debut. But he followed that up two years later with Maelstrom, which is uh, about a woman after plunging her car into a river. A woman encounters a man who helps her come to terms with her life. Um, this I feel like is and now after seeing his entire filmography, I feel like this is probably his most art house film. Um, definitely weird in a lot of ways i mean you have like a talking fish literally narrating the film um and it's a grotesque talking fish um just just a weird weird movie um i'll, I'll start this one. so who's who's all seen this one and i know seth and i, I have we've all seen this we one. all have cam yeah. we're gonna start with you on this one what's your thoughts on maelstrom if, if that's yeah. how we're, we're pronounced correctly the way to Man. pronounce things is you just charge fearlessly into the pronunciation <laughs> and no one <laughs> question it maelstrom maelstrom um, um, yeah i don't know if i gave this one a good chance to be honest because i i think like last night and i knew it was like a, a foreign film so i knew i'd have to pay attention a lot and and but i was like kind of thinking all right i'll throw this on sit down and do some laundry while i watch it i don't think i gave it a fair chance um i just didn't care for it i was bored the whole time um i didn't think any of the performances were like anything to write home about i thought this was denny in my opinions like least good directed film like i i didn't love polytechnique which we'll talk soon but i think like denny directed the shit out of that thing um still um this one i definitely think he like you said he did try to take a more art house approach um some things work some things didn't like the whatever molly scene or whatever she was on in the club i was like i just don't think this is denny's vibe or at least maybe the it was, but it's not anymore. I don't know, but it, I, I didn't think it worked as well. Um, it just, I don't know. wasn't for me. And like, I knew if I 
posted a one and a half, I'd get shit on. Sorry, I guess I spoiled that. Um, I'd get shit on uh, Letterbox, so I just put like not enough Avengers in this. Uh, <laughs> that was that was my review, <laughs> but. I don't know. I I just didn't care for like all, almost any moment in this. I think there there's some interesting things like the idea of of like grief and coping with we're spoiling, right? Like it's not a big, this isn't a big spoiler. No, yeah. Grief coping with someone who's like you killed their father, right? Um so that's like a really interesting concept I think, but I just I didn't personally care for the movie as a whole. Um not a whole lot to say on it. Um other other than yeah it's just i was just bored to be honest was it wasn't for me yeah i think i think that's the highest on this one but for me it's just it was fine i i didn't find myself gripped by it i found myself a little more into the vibe of august 32nd on earth maelstrom is obviously a very very different vibe than that it's, it's a lot darker it's, it's coping with grief or grief and guilt especially uh it's the third act i think is kind of what bought me in so there's like a scene in a coffee shop and then from there on till the end of the movie i think i was the most into but the first two acts just failed to grip me into it um very weird like the fish just just super odd and grotesque and uh yeah i don't know i just came away from this thing and like you know this is kind of like the most art house i feel like to neville and love went and it just didn't fully click for me and uh yeah i know seth you're the highest on it of us three and georgia c is still in your watch list so seth what's your uh what's your thoughts on maelstrom yeah i kind of like it um I will say that I kind of agree that I think throughout the kind of middle range, it's tonally quite all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I like it because I think not only is it, you know, an exploration of mortality and grief, which I always tend to tend to like thematically and, you know, it's this stuff that interests me. I think it's, it's weird. It's surreal, you know, with the talking fish, very, you know, Cronenberg-esque with the design, which is interesting. Tyler, you'll know, is a massive crone head, as we mm-hmm. used to say. The big, um, big crone yeah, big crone head. But I, yeah, I think that not only is it kind of strange and surreal, but it's also kind of ground, grounded in reality and then kind of relatable um, within its themes of regret and grief. And I think that it's unlike, yeah, it's very much Denise kind of art house film. Um, very much took a plunge with this one, and I think it's admirable because I think it is ambitious. It's weird. Uh, it's the sort of stuff I, I usually quite like anyway. I actually do think some of the shots in this are really cool and um contrary to calm i actually think that the I, I don't know her name the lead the, the the lead was actually really good i realized her performance a lot i think yeah. she was great yeah um yeah totally all over the place a bit you know it's not something you know i'm crazy about by any means but i did have a pretty decent time with it and i think the ending uh the final act is by far like tyler said the the best thing about the film and really managed to pull you in because in the middle it does get a bit like what, what's even going on um but yeah I, I like it i think it's strange surreal but also grounded and realistic which i, I tend to appreciate and it has themes that actually interest me um over, you know unlike um august 32nd on earth uh so yeah i liked it it's not that i'm crazy about by any means but i thought it was good <laughs> and i will yeah. say god sorry no i i will say like directing has its give and takes as like a career because you have to do it till you're like 80 or you don't have to but like francis ford coppola is still pushing out movies what's he like 89 but also denny goes on a nine-year break here I would work till I was 80 or 90 if I could take a nine year break <laughs> in my career. Like I, I would, I would do that in my yeah, I was just twenties or thirties. I mean, he just had a share of short yeah. films in that time. That's fair, but short and films. I'm sure he was, was writing like, a lot. He's probably writing his next movies, which I think like, <laughs> I think, and again, I didn't watch Cosmos or August 32nd on earth, but from the description that you guys give or from your reviews, I think like there's a clear jump in, in Denny's 
output and just like quality of movie from that's what that's what he spent nine years, years doing that may, may be true maybe true <laughs> he's like yeah, i'm gonna write fucking prisoners <laughs> it is a crazy jump though because even including the shorts like so maelstrom was 2000 which came right out the back of august 32nd on earth in 1998 which cosmos two years before that's so a pretty standard director timeline and then uh his next short gets released six years later in 2006 um, 120 seconds to get elected quick two-minute film with alexis martin reunited with him from august that's not that's not like you can't count that as work that's just no that's what i'm saying like it's crazy (laughs) two-minute film you can't count that yeah and it's just it's just alexis martin giving a speech um trying to win over a crowd to get elected and just kind of a you know a a critique on obviously how politicians just say whatever they want like they hear booing in the crowd like oh shit i gotta change my you know gotta start saying something to get them cheered and then just make up shit until the crowd loves you to get elected and then obviously as we all see with all politicians they get elected based on promises and then don't do anything there and then uh, a year after that he did happiness bound which was a, a documentary that i think is the one thing none of us have seen um and then a year after that is next floor which is a short that i think me seth and george all logged and me and george logged um but that's like so 120 seconds to get elected is like you know a two minute just like kind of like a fun speech that was edited together whereas next floor is like a true short film like 10 minutes long like production value is pretty high in it um that's like a you know kind of what you more think of when you think of a short film not just like a two minute of a guy giving a speech but um I don't know. We don't really have to go into the shorts, but next floor came out. I, I liked it. I think we all kind of liked it. I don't know. You guys don't rate your was, short films, but it was like a, it was, it was fine. I thought it was fine. Like it just, it's very, you know, um, on the nose, just allegory for over, overindulgence, but I can't, it kind of works. Cause it's kind of just disgusting and weird. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a very, um, kind of a bit more high prediction than it, than those one, there's other ones, like you said, um, I thought it was fine. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Did you know, crazy watched- about it? that netflix spanish movie platform platform like platform. Platform, mm-hmm. platform yeah that's what, that's like, what the shit like, reminded me of. yeah platform mixed with like the menu Espe- yeah, especially yeah, like thematically because it's like so obvious but it's mm-hmm. so obvious what it means as well i think uh, yeah platform's interesting maybe i should revisit that i haven't seen that since it came out i haven't really thought about that film at all i think know, platform two is not great but so. it's not bad yeah, yeah platform, platform two. two is coming out there's yeah, more yeah, platforms ah shit crazy it's now like there's also like there's floor it's just a building there's <laughs> like different rooms um, so that that brings us to so now he started his career kind of in 1996 and now that brings us all the way up to 2009 so through then we had two feature films one collaboration and then a couple of shorts so 1996 to 2009 13 years not a ton of output but now we're starting to get to the point where it's it's his more popular film in terms of what people are watching. Polytechnique came out in 2009, um, based on the the real massacre at the Ecole Polytechnique Engineering School in Montreal in the 80s. Um, let me make sure I got that date right. Uh, yes, in the 80s. Um, yeah, so real massacre that happened. I wasn't familiar with it, um, but it was it was a landmark in Canada. Spearheaded a lot of gun reform and gun control as a result. Also, police training was a big Maybe thing we as well. Learn a little from that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think Canada. I mean, Canada. Obviously, every every country's steps still to go. But yeah, America's done nothing other than like you know thoughts and prayers every time it happens. But yeah, Polytechnique, the the actual massacre, led to some gun reform. Led to a lot of police training on how to handle these situations because you know in the in the nineteen late nineteen hundreds, school shootings were just like not nearly as common as they are today. It was really the polytechnic one for Canada being the landmark one and then Columbine in America 
and uh, a lot had to be trained for police and how they react and, you know, not just creating a perimeter, but actually going in and, and, and dealing with things. But it was a man who uh, left a manifesto basically of how much he hates feminists. And he goes to an engineering school where he feels women don't belong, um, feels like they're just kind of leeches on the system and ends up just, you know, going on a rampage. And for about 15 minutes, he was just completely un, unbothered by police or any security. And uh, I want to get this number right. So how many, you know, what, what the victim total was, but I believe it was 14. And then there's a lot more injured, obviously, as well. And then he took his own life. And, and it's just a film, kind of the recreation of that. Um, also, two, two of the people that were involved in it ended up taking their own lives a couple of years after due to guilt and, you know, survivor's guilt and trauma as a result. So very heavy, very heavy, impactful subject matter. This is tackling. Um, it was being produced by this woman named Corrine Vanasse, who was uh, very passionate about, you know, what happened in this project and trying to bring it to the screen. And then she ultimately was able to get Denis Villeneuve attached. So he wasn't, it wasn't really a passion project of him from the get go. Obviously, as a you know Canadian, he's he's very passionate about it. But uh, he was kind of attached as the director in, in the later stages. Um, the, the school offered them, said they could film on location if they wanted to, but didn't he, didn't he uh, turn that down out of respect? Uh, but yeah, in terms of, I feel like movies like this are always kind of near impossible to make because, I mean, even, I even feel that way about war films in general. It's just like, it's kind of hard to make films without glorifying things or without dramatizing things or trying to, you know, make, make a buck or win an award off of something that was so terrible in many people's lives. But at least from the research in this film, it sounds like, you know, Kareen Vanasse, who produced this, is really uh, the, the families of the victims were very involved in the, in the production of this movie, uh, as well as the, the surviving ones, which is something like the Dahmer Netflix series from last year can't say, you know, they, they, they just produced it without even addressing the family. So, you know, you at least like to see something like that. But, uh, yeah, we'll get into our thoughts. I believe we've all seen this one, George. I know you don't have it rated, but it says you've watched it. So it's probably been a bit. But, uh, Seth, what are your thoughts on Polytechnique? Yeah, I don't know. So I watched this, uh, but same um, eight, one, eight, nine months ago. So it, the more I think about this film, the less I like it, to be honest. I know I have it a three star and that's not like, um, I don't know, it's tough because it's hard to speak about a film like this, especially when you don't, I, I had no idea about this like tragedy before, before um, watching it. And also when I say I don't, I like it less than I, than I did when I first watched it. It's not really a case where I don't think it was told with sincerity because I think it's a bit different. You know, like you said, the family were all involved. I think it was kind of a, a group thing where it wasn't just told out of the the pointlessness of it. But I also think that I don't, these sort of films I struggle with a lot of times. I don't really see the, the point of the making them. Um, I think that there's some really like amazing work in this, like um, visually, I think some of the shots in this are like insane, but I think I, I don't know. It's, it's always going to be when it comes to real events, like Tyler said, even if it's a, you know, a war film, a, a massacre, a public massacre like this, it's a tough, balancing act between you know how, how to mean how to how to manage it um with sincerity and and i don't know and even though I, I think that that was the the goal it's just not really a film i think needed to be made and again what film needs to be made but i i don't know what this told more than the 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 things that everyone already knew about it and i don't know if that should be relived for a lot of people um but again you know it's not like something there's a lot of there's a lot of films of this nature where I think are actually distasteful, and I don't really think this is. But at the same time, I just don't really think it's a film for me. So I might drop my rating to be honest. But um, yeah, I think it's really well made. Um, just not really something that I think should be tackled. Uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I really struggle with that in general for all films. Like 
like even like Schindler's List, like does that need to be made? The zone of interest, did that need to be made? Because then in fact, like, because I know the zone of interest is like the classic, like, you know, showing that, you know, we shouldn't be glorifying these things and, and making them into consumption for entertainment. But at the same time, like it's going to be winning awards. It's it's making money. So at the end of the day, like you you can you can say all you want, like, look at these other films that are glorifying stuff. They're they're terrible. But at the end of the day, you're making money. You all got paid um, out of making a movie out of this tragedy. Um, so it's like, I don't know, like zone of interest, Schindler's list, anything about a war, anything about tragedy. It's always tough for me. I always think about it. And after watching this, it was, it made me reflect a lot about just like every film about like real life tragedy. Like, did it need to be made? And like you said, I know Seth, does anything need to be made, but what's the point, I guess, at the end of the day, and I think a lot of it has to do with intention and what, what the outcome comes and all, all you can hope for at the end of the day is that it keeps spurring conversation going forward. Um, I know Canada's had obviously school shootings since this, the, the actual events that happened, um, a, a big one, I believe, in 2006 as well. So this came out in 2009. So maybe, you know, they're trying to reignite that conversation and remind people of something like that from the 80s that was kind of a landmark in their country that didn't seem like they learned enough from. So, you, you, yeah, all you want is a, at least if they can spur conversation again, then great. But, uh, yeah, it, it's just it's just always weird with anything about real life events in general. Like you don't, are you just kind of dramatizing and glorifying things that happen just for views and for awards and for money? But Cam, what are your thoughts on Polytechnique? I I enjoyed it more than like everyone. I I only have like three mutuals that I've watched it um, or four, but uh, other than George, I guess, who just doesn't have a rated, but I I have the highest rated. I I enjoyed it, uh, not enjoyed it, you know, for the Mm -hmm. most part, but I, I did think it was, uh, made with the right intentions and i also looked up like after like how involved were the were the like people affected by this because i think that is a big um it it probably shouldn't be like a, a criteria for a movie that i look into but i think it's like an important part of a movie like the Dahmer series is a good series like if you watch it for pure entertainment yeah it's a it's a good series that's interesting but then again you mentioned that like none of the families like approved of this in any way like that's kind of fucked up that like that is 100 made for like entertainment of like look how fucked up this guy is you mm-hmm. know whereas this i feel like is made with a lot more heart and soul and it's um uh definitely like produced with care and is sympathetic to those families and everything and, and so i appreciate that about it and i saw a lot of reviews that were like denny villeneuve shouldn't have been the person to make this because he's a guy um, and this is a, about, a um, not about who's what's anti-feminist what, misogynist. Thank you. I, I couldn't think of the word right now. Yeah. About a misogynist. Um, um, but like, I, I think that's just like, honestly, like fucked up to say like about, like, I don't think anyone really, unless clearly they didn't get approval from the family and they're just like, I'm going to make this fucking movie. Like he clearly had a, had a intent to make this with care and had approval and i like tyler mentioned like this wasn't his passion project he was asked to come on this project because he can make it maybe a little bit more technically um sound than some other director could and that will um in tune like if you see a higher highly rated movie on letterboxd or on rotten tomatoes or whatever it will in tune get more people to watch it get more eyes on this tragedy because this is not something i knew about like at all before this i didn't know anything about this movie before watching it i just kind of turned it on um and started watching i was like what the fuck, you know, like, I like it just started out like, what the fuck am I watching? Cause I didn't read anything about it. Um, uh, but it's good for people like me to learn, like, not like, uh, like I didn't know what was going on during it or anything. Um, I will say it's an hour and 15 minutes long. Um, I definitely think it was, um, 
told a little bit oddly in the sense that it focuses a lot on the shooter and I would have preferred, and maybe that's where people's gripes come from. I think it could have, you know, give it 15 more minutes focusing on the victims. And that's still an hour and 30 movie. That is not like long at all. Um, that was probably my biggest gripe about it. And then just, I don't think I was in the mindset to watch this like heartbreaking of a, of a tragedy. Um, uh, I thought also I, I was confused for a sec. I thought Denny started making English films in with, uh, uh, what was his first? It was uh, uh, Prisoners. Um, I thought Prisoners was his first like English English language film. Um, Polytechnic was apparently. I mean, it's like half. There's also just not much dialogue in general. There's not much dialogue, but like I thought, I was like watching a subbed version or something, or a dubbed version. I mean, uh, and I'm like, am I watching the right thing right now? Because I was fully expecting. Well, did yours that. have any French in it? Not that I remember. Maybe some. There's definitely French in mine. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I watched it on Tubi or whatever. Like it was a. I don't know where you guys watched it, but I was like, "Am I watching the right fucking movie?" Um, so I mean, I think he's French in terms of the sense of a French Canadian. So in Canada, yeah, and all these are Canadian films. So it's like, yeah, you know, exactly. It's like half and half in that country. So. Exactly. But that's my biggest. That was one of the biggest things I thought about afterwards. Other, other than the tragedy, was like, did I watch the right? movie? Did you there? watch it? Both? I'm actually thinking. I don't know everything. Like all of the, all of the. Like, well, I remember. Were, I, I looked because all of the mouths were lining up. So he would have had to record these actors like saying these words. It wasn't, it wasn't like a dubbed version, but it was like I thought it was in, I thought it was supposed to be in French or something. But I don't know. I watched an English movie, man. Um, so yeah, who knows? I, Maybe I, I didn't get the full. I actually don't remember any English in it because I know August thirty second. Oh, shit, no, the no, the whole thing was English. So I think now I'm like August thirty second on Earth. They like travel to Utah, so there's like some English speaking in it. But, yeah, yeah, travel. But yeah, yeah. yeah I watched this shit on Tubi, yeah. man. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. What are you yeah. doing to me, too? I don't know. Um, yeah, interesting. Also, um, so last in the real Patreon last week, I, I mentioned Fandor, which is like a streaming service through Amazon, which I got a free trial through, which I was able to watch an elephant sitting still. Um, I was praising it because I was like, oh, it's cheap and it's got some good stuff. Uh, it's kind of screw Fandor because it has both August 32nd on Earth, Maelstrom, and Cosmos has all three of them. No subtitles, only French subtitles. So I'm like, what are we doing yeah. here? This is worthless to me. So, But they all were available on, on other platforms. I had to rent a couple yeah. and... Uh, Cosmos, I think, is on YouTube for free, but yeah. I mean, like, it says it's directed by Denny Villeneuve. I don't know what movie I watched, though, man. It was not in French. Well, I mean, yeah. you you described, you definitely watched the right movie. No, you watched yeah, the like, film. Yeah. You clearly, there's not going to be another film that's exactly the same as you suggested. I think yeah, you, might have watched, yeah. you might have watched it, dog. George, how yeah. long has it been since you watched it? Do you have any thoughts on it, or has it been too long? It actually hasn't been a long time. I think it was okay. like a year ago. Or maybe even before Dune Part One came out, where I did like a complete sweep through Denny's filmography, I kind of removed my rating not too long ago, just mm. kind of for all the points that like you guys bring up, where it's like it's nice, like he got the families involved and everything, but it's still like a weird film to like look at and analyze and like say that I enjoyed. Giving a rating, um, I think, is weird in general. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's a weird feel. Same with like, like I've been considering like taking my rating, rating away from the zone of interest until I rewatch it. Like they're just weird yeah. films to like yeah. look at and give ratings. Um, I think from a direction standpoint, this is like, Denis' entire career has just been like taking fat risks left and right. And this was just the biggest one. This could have easily folded his career, I think. Um, obviously, thankfully it did not. Yeah, I think he approached it very well. Um, and then he goes on the craziest run of like seven films I've ever seen. Um, but yeah, I I don't really have any more to add to the discourse outside of what you guys said, but from a direction standpoint, this still feels like Denis is kind of like, he still feels like a very young filmmaker trying to find himself, um, kind of trying to like understand his filmmaking tactics. Um, and it's not until on Sunday where I think he really kind of breaks out of that shell, which we're, we're about to get into. Did you watch it in French or English, George? That's the question. <laughs> it's good discourse, man. That, that's an all-time real talk moment. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I swear to God, I, this entire movie was in English. Like, I'm not kidding. I yeah. was like, there are some French moments, like maybe one or two, but... No, that, that's wild. Because, yeah, because I anyone who saw my Letterbox Diary, I watched it. What'd you guys watch time. it on? Uh... I can't. It might have been Tubi. Also, uh, I can't. I think I, think, I, think I rented I think it through I, Amazon actually. And it's I think all I the same actors. Yeah, like I don't know, because I, I yeah, because I watched so many yesterday that I couldn't keep them all together in my head. So I was like, yeah, one had like half English, half half French. And I just kept talking. I was like, no, that was August thirty second on Earth. That was like half in English and half in French. So, half, yeah, half yeah. I don't remember any English and polytechnique, but uh, um, <laughs> shit. All good good right. for you, guys. Yeah, yeah, that's hilarious. Like, I thought, I thought Prisoner was his first English language film, but Polytechnic. And we're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Polytechnic. I was like, well, when he started that, I'm like, where's he going with the sentence? Where's this gonna end up? I have no clue. But um, yeah, yeah. It's also like tough with movies like these because you watch it, and this isn't just Polytechnic, but anytime it's about like a tragedy, and you're just like, you look at it, and you almost critique like the actions of the people. It's like how accurate was it to what the people did? Because like I know when I watched this, I like wanted to Google right away how it all went down. Because I was like, first off, I was police. I was like, police response. Like, where the hell like is anyone? And yeah. then I was like, man, like, it's just impossible. These situations like this are impossible to know what you would do in that situation. Thankfully, none of us have had to be in a situation unless you guys have been hiding something from, something from me where you're part of a mass shooting. And it's just like, I don't know. It's like you know, you kind of like are like trying to yell at your TV screens, like oh, all of you just try and like rush at him at once and tackle him or something because he's just kind of going. And it's just it's just tough when you do stuff like this because like then you're just gonna be watching and critiquing what happened. It's like how accurate was it? Yeah. You know? So, um, but right after that, so what's weird too is this is like produced and written by a bunch of people. Like there's like four different writers attached. Denise on there, but he he wasn't there till the very end. Um, and they said they attached him as director because of how, the success of Maelstrom and kind of similar to what we were talking about earlier. It's like that was like nine years ago. So it's like and he had really no work between then. So it's like kind of odd that they're like. We got this perfect film. Let's grab this guy who he loved his film from nine years ago who hasn't done anything since and, and yeah. grab him for it. But right after this, a year later, is Ansan D. I want to talk about it briefly, but I do want to point people to real quick episode 13. But we'll, we'll talk a little more because it's been a one. long time. That's yeah, crazy. Episode first, yeah, first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're first, doing one at a first time. real quick yeah. review. But yeah, um, go 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 watch that. It'll be linked in the description down below. We, we talk a lot longer and in depth. But since since time's gone by, we'll, we'll talk mm. a little more. But I just want to say let's try and point people to that real quick. Um, since we did talk a full episode on on Sunday, but we'll we'll go briefly through it. So George, since I feel like I've been hearing you talk the least, um, we'll jump into you quickly. Yeah, the, the, this this is where people start taking Denis seriously. Um, yeah, this for is sure. kind of where, like I hey. said, not you know what I mean. Seriously, as like one of the you most didn't like any films. of the last five movies. Yeah, Seth. like exactly. you didn't love them. I, 
Did you listen to anything I said about Mel? You said oh, I liked him. It's nothing, nothing great. Like, yeah, I did like. Did it. no. So okay, With, okay. Without the success of Ansandi, I don't think Denis goes on to have as prolific of a. Seth, you know, Ansandi is a different level. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's on is another. This is highest rated. Both. Did we say that? I think Honest. it is. It is. Dune might be now. Yeah, George. Fuck yeah, this is. Uh, Really wow, interesting. Yeah, this is his highest rated. Yeah. George, continue. Thought, I don't want to interrupt, but I do want to bring the up actually because it is interesting. Yeah, now that I'm looking at like his highest rated films, that's crazy. But yeah, no, this the, the biggest thing to point out, this is where people started to take him seriously as one, one of the most prolific filmmakers working today. A filmmaker who can tackle psychological tension anywhere, whether it's within war. He's gone on to prove himself in cartel stuff, in uh, science fiction. This is where people started to take his science fiction filmmaking, I mean, his um, his psychological filmmaking seriously. Um, he proved that he is more than capable of taking any screenplay that is thrown in his lap and turning it into just the most profound and jaw-dropping experience that you could possibly have. On Sunday, may not be as conceptually bold as Blade Runner or Dune or Arrival. Um, but it is one of the most devastating portraits of war that I think we've ever seen. Um, like Tyler said, real quick, episode 13. I remember that as being one of our longer real quicks because I know we all four have it. At a, do we all four have it at a four and a half out of five or above? I'm pretty I don't sure. anymore, unfortunately. Well, you should. You're wrong. Um <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll end my rent there. Th this is, like I said, this is just, this le legitimately, I, I think this kickstarts like the greatest seven film run in any filmmaker's career. About to be, about to be eight when Dune 2 drops. And then could be nine when Dune 3 drops. And it could be nine when <laughs> Dune 3, could be 10 when Rendezvous with Rama drops. And then Cleopatra, like who, who knows? He's got a lot of stuff cooking. But but Seth, what's uh what's your thoughts on on Sunday? And you moved down a bit, so anything? Yeah, changed? there's only one reason for that, to be honest. Like, I I I think it's a really really good film. I think it's really great. Um, obviously, like I said, we like Tyler said, we did a like a half an hour review on it. Um, over a year ago, that's insane. Feels so so much like closer. Uh, yeah, I think it's haunting. I think it's powerful. I think it's handled with care and in the right way, just through sequences and certainty. It's thrilling. Um, it's a deeply, deeply visceral and emotional experience where we follow, um, you know, this woman on just such a horrific journey. Um, it really showcases in the light of, of things that are happening in the real world that a lot of people just aren't really familiar with. Uh, the only thing that made me drop this, and again, it's not dropping far. It's still a four star. I still think it's a really, really good film. I just don't really like the the concept of the twist this which isn't saying no 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 hear me out it's not saying that the twist is bad i think the twist is done like really well like not at all i just for me the twist kind of cheapens it a little bit in terms of the film because because of kind of what we go through in the film um i, I think it's it's you can go so many different directions within like a war film and i think that's this is one of those like twisty moments that you could have asked me to predict this movie a thousand times or predict where it was going to go. And I genuinely would have never predicted that. I, I agree. That I, I, yeah, happened. I agree. I, so um... I think it's just that from that perspective and just Denis building this, like the entire movie kind of feels like, like you're elevating yourself on like a roller coaster and that twist hits and it just takes off and you're kind of just like sitting there. It doesn't matter how many times I watch this movie. My jaw is just on the floor every single time because I just think, 
it's one such a testament to the screenplay and two such a testament to Denis directing ability and how he's able to like how he was able to translate that screenplay to the big screen and make this an effective twist yeah no i agree i think that it's not um i don't think the, the actual twist itself with the end is done badly at all i think it works really really well i just don't like it within the context of the rest of the story to be honest but I still think it's good. Um, and I think, yeah, I think it's a really, really good film. Obviously, I, I was about to say where I rank it, but I won't say that yet. Um, no spoilers. Need to rewatch it though, because I haven't watched it in a while since uh, since we did our last mm-hmm. episode. Should have rewatched it to be honest. But yeah, really, really good. Um, really good. Yeah, that, that Ensemble is one that I really want to rewatch as well because I, I don't. I moved it down to a four star, but I don't really know where to peg it ranking wise. Like, I mean, we'll talk about our rankings. I have it obviously in a spot, but yeah, it's yeah. a tough one for me to rank because I feel like I it could go up and it could go down. The only thing I have, I guess, comment on the plot twist, I feel like it's one of the more like convenient plot twists in in like film history where it's like uh, one you're going to have to like really buy into that. It's like, you know, it's, it's one in a million is underselling it. Like, the, you know, to see that, you know, at a, at a community pool, be in the same exact area, same place, same time, make that realization, um, you know. Shout out Tyler Whitmore, Trivia Turn. Yeah, well, that was your question, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was my question. Yeah. Yeah. I did so well on that, George. He said to me, what was the plot twist? And I said specific body part. I said he was asking for the foot, and I said the ankle. It was crazy. Yeah, and you're gonna, we're filming another one with you today. Later, I hope you remembered that. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so on D, like I said, we we did a real quick on it. It'll be linked in the description down below where we talk about it for thirty minutes. But uh, long story short, for me, is just it's one that I need to rewatch. Um, focus more on getting watches of all the stuff i hadn't seen at this point to finish off a filmography but this is definitely the one that's like the hardest one for me to rank because i i don't know i could easily see it going down a couple pegs based on where when you'll end up seeing my ranking where it's at and then it could also go up but uh, cam do you have anything more to add down sunday um just that i think i have early onset dementia um i don't i don't watch still alice okay. i don't remember this movie <laughs> review super well at all like i remember I give it a four out and a half out of five, and I really like it. And I think that's why I'm so bad at your trivia, Tyler. I, I couldn't tell you what the twist in this was. I can't remember were they like sister and brother or something. It was her son. Well, yeah, like, that's yeah. it. Yes, her son. Yeah. I couldn't remember that shit, man. And I think that that's obviously the, the biggest part. I, I just like I, unless I watch a movie twice, I'm fucking lost. I have the worst. You should go back and listen to our real quick review. I think I might. I might. But I remember loving it. I remember really liking it. That's all I remember. Yeah, Um, you'll be nodding along, being like, "This Cam guy's got some good taste." Yeah, right. He's cooking here. Let him. Just because we're, just because we're about to like head into prisoners too. Didn't he really like started this like post two thousand nine run of like not making easy to watch films? No, going from a mass shooting to the tragedy of war to abduction of your children like, Blade Runner 2049 is like his easiest to watch film yeah it's like it's even Arrival like... is kind of like that's a bummer movie yeah, Arrival like, sucks yeah Sicario has some gruesome scenes Sicario is yeah. kind of fucked yeah, yeah like he's really making like some movies where you're like damn this is just enemy sucks as well I mean Dunes, Dunes, all of his sci-fi movies are actually Arrival sci-fi but his sci-fi new movies are easier to watch. He's he's gone yeah. he's gone soft. Denny Villeneuve yeah. went rogue. Dude's, wake dude's up, liberals! Tragic man, Dune's tragic. Wake up, liberals! He went woke. <laughs> um, but before we get into prisoners, so at this point we're in 2010, and we got two short films from in 2011 that I watched last night that completely hypnotized me. They're both on YouTube if you guys want to watch them. 
versus empirical study on the influence of sound on retinal persistence. And it's basically his little mind game study of basically it's just red. All it is is a minute of red and green strobe lights flashing super fast. That'll give you like, if you have epilepsy, do not watch. And then there's music going along in the background that goes from like a slow drum beat to faster and the pace changes. And it's kind of just like a, interesting little thing to watch and be like okay well the visuals are strobing at the same exact pace but because the audio is changing how fast it's going in your mind you think it's faster strobes slower strobes so i don't know it just seemed like he was doing a little study with himself on how sound impacts film and then you have rated r for nudity which the the short has literally nothing to do with that name uh it's also on youtube (laughs) three minutes long and it's interesting it's kind of just like autobiography a bit it talks about like his childhood his his early career like he's like when i grow up i wanted to be ingmar bergman which is like a really interesting thing from like that's just so interesting that it is isn't it his big influences uh because like obviously you know we saw with like 2001 being his first of his favorite films like you based on his filmography you'd be like oh it's very like more actually i'd say i i think like thematically a lot of denise films go into the same stuff that bergman did in his career honestly I think you can see way different style of film, but yeah, Did he like, greater than Bergman. Okay, let's just calm down. Uh, <laughs> resemble, yeah, yeah, different, of course, massively different in terms of like the actual film itself. But you know, I kind of get it. More Tyler Toon, a lot of his films. You know, I just, I, I literally just watched Empirical Study while you guys were ranting about Polytechnique. This would be Owen's favorite Denny movie. Yeah, that's With, real. Actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like, my, the last line of my letterbox review is like kind of just makes me want to rewatch Babylon now because like the final <laughs> it's all the colors and sound but yeah radar over nudity is wild it literally is like hypnotic there's some the middle of it goes on a crazy black and white strobe that again epilepsy warning and then it just like ends with him saying like I own oh, your no subconscious I own you and I'm like whoa Denis what and the thing that's cool about these these shorts though is in which I said in one of my reviews is that I feel like we've tapped into 10% of Denis Villeneuve's weirdness and, and the feature length films. Like I feel like he has so much weirdness left. That's in him. We, weirdness. He does. Yeah. We, we had, we, I mean, we saw flash of that maelstrom um, and, and next floor, that other short we talked about. And I just feel like if, if he can finish like his Dune franchise off, do a couple more blockbusters like he's planning and then kind of do more of like a, I know France for Coppola more did it because he wasn't, you know, granted the big budgets anymore, but if you can start doing just whatever he wants and just the weird stuff and just maybe lower budget, just crazy odd stuff. I, I, I want to see what Denis Villeneuve has. So he has, he, he's a weird guy that before watching these shorts, I didn't really quite grasp just how weird he is. Rated R for nudity is just, it, I watched it right before bed. It just, it, it basically hypnotized me for bed. Did you rate this Tyler? <laughs> Are you rare? Yeah, I rate everything. I'm, 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 come on. I like that. I like that it ends with I own you or whatever you said, Tyler. And yeah. I like the idea that Denny actually doesn't make good movies, but he's hypnotized us all. Like he, <laughs> he owns us somewhere in his, in his movies. He's, he's hypnotized us all. Um, but though, yeah, go ahead. No, I was, I was going to say what kind of branch off of what you just said about like him, just like when he's done with Dune, just like going to like these small, like art house projects. I feel like he like, He's obviously proven that he's capable of whatever he wants. War. I don't think he will, though. You know. Yeah, that's the. the, I agree. I think he's between Arrival and now Dune Part Two, and eventually Dune Messiah and Rendezvous with Ranma. He's clearly found like the scales too. He loves these conceptually grand science fiction Mm -hmm. projects. Obviously, he can be stretched as far as possible if he wants. He's proven that. Uh, and he's capable of it, but I feel like his whole career has been geared towards building himself up to create like this Dune trilogy. Mm-hmm. 
For sure. And, and who knows? I mean, we've talked about how much it mirrors Christopher Nolan's career trajectory. Maybe to some similar where Christopher Nolan was like, I want to do a biopic. I'm going to do a biopic on Oppenheimer. And then he just, he just can't help himself, but to make it the most like epic, intense biopic of all time with incredible score and visuals um, that even when like, I feel like Nolan conceptually for Oppenheimer is like, I'm going to go a little more grounded than something like a tenet or like a, you know, uh, in, interstellar. But then, it, you know, Oppenheimer ends up being still just like, basically a magnum opus honestly um but now we're getting into 2013 prisoners uh keller dover played by hugh jackman his daughter and her friend go missing on thanksgiving he then takes matters into his own hands as, as the police pursue multiple leads and the pressure mounts obviously jake gyllenhaal being the main detective loki but just how far will this desperate father go to protect his family so there's kidnapped daughters um paul dano also in this film I, great great cast honestly from top to bottom and viola davis uh terrence howard like really just an incredible cast that you know this is kind of like his first cam would say differently first like english language full feature apparently he, not <laughs> he really got all the stars out for it he, he got yeah. just an incredible cast for first one and uh yeah so 2013 thriller very psychological as well at times um we'll start with uh cam prisoners sure prisoners is so fucking good man um <laughs> I loved Eddie. <laughs> I've decided. Um, Emma and I watched it maybe like a month ago at this point. Um, and I made a video like this is one of Emma and I's favorite movies to watch together. Or at least we like to watch it together. We've seen it together a couple times. Um, I think that's the only times I've actually watched it uh, is with her. But so damn good. And and every time you watch this, it's just like, God, this is awesome. Cause like I, I watch, you got to give yourself enough time in between to where like, you know, what's going to happen, you know, the story, but like, you don't know every intricate, intricate, like detail of it because I'm like, Oh shit, I forgot that. That's awesome. <laughs> like with the mazes and everything and David dash mountain, um, like shooting himself, it, like just a crazy twist there. And, um, I don't know, like Paul Dano just not actually being like the kidnapper. And I'm spoiling it, but again, it's a 2013 movie that like is one of the most popular movies of all time. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure not a big deal. Um, but this, this, this is the all time like person wants a good thriller to watch and they've never, they're like just now getting into the to film or something. This is the easiest recommendation. Like it's all time. Yeah, like I agree. this is the biggest mind fuck movie of all time. Like all time, <laughs> yeah. all time TikTok movie right here. This was TikTok edits. This yeah. random like 2022 yeah. kind of yeah. era. Hell yeah, Paul man. It was it, Hugh Jackman it, shouting at Paul Dana with the hammer. Oh, with like, the hammer. Yeah. Where's my thing? daughter? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just so good, man. Um, uh, yeah. I, I, I don't even know what to say. Like, I just love this thing. Freaky Deaky gets so damn freaky in this. The shot <laughs> of the little peephole on Paul Dano's face where that's that like cool. the only piece of light you see is so good every time I watch it, man. Uh, yeah, it, it, and Hugh Jackman is just so great in this. I, I think I think Jake Gyllenhaal, like this is a fine performance of his, but I don't think he like, I think he blows me away in most performances. I, though I, I will say like, I don't think it's his best ever, but like, I think he's still really good in it but Hugh Jackman for me just steals the show um Terrence Howard you know he he what an interesting role for him I feel like this is a very different role um playing a nice saxophonist or what is it <laughs> what's what's he play some some sort of uh, I think saxophone might be right I'd crazy all-time cast o overlap with the Suicide Squad um mm -hmm. as, as Tyler knows um and, and Sammy J reacts found out 
Um, what 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 a what a movie, man! I really like it. I really yeah. like it. Yeah, Prisoners is one of those films that's just so foundational for me. Like getting into movies, like when this came out. I was so invested in it. I went home and I was reading stuff about it for hours right. about the mazes and making all these connections. I was just one of those that just, it just gave me so much to digest after a first watch. And then every time you rewatch it, you kind of get more, more things you pick up on it. But yeah, we'll talk about enemy kind of next, but I, yeah, prisoners enemy were like two that just came out at the same time. That just got me so into film and both by Denis and with Jake. Jones, year like, same, same year, same year, 2013. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. I know. Which interestingly enough, enemy was actually, like produced before prisoner the prisoners came out first um but yeah george thoughts on prisoners everything cam said this is one of my favorite psychological thrillers out Hell there yeah. just like you said tyler this is like it's such an instrumental movie in like my filmmaking filmmaking jesus film going career um where it just kind of like turned me on to like these these psychological thrillers it turned me on to denis who i fucking love obviously um double double acting nomination snub in my mind i think both of them deserve the nomination and looking back at 2013 i think leo in uh in wolf of wall street is the only performance i would take over hugh jackman in prisoners um i think this movie absolutely fucks um it is this movie in like most filmmakers filmographies is is a crazy psychological thriller risk but like in Denis' filmography, it's like his most conventional project. Um, it feels like his most like accessible film when I'm like when you look at like the rest of his filmography together. Um, but yeah, this is I, I love Prisoners. I've seen it countless times, and it just fucking blows me away and destroys me every single time. Um, credit to the acting, to the directing, to to Daddy Deacons, obviously. Um, I love Prisoners, Seth. Yeah, I'm definitely lower on it, but I think it's great. I um, I know what you mean. I think it's like it's not his, you know, it's not accessible by any means, but it's because it is a puzzling film. But I think at the same time, it's like you don't really meet people who don't like prisons in a way that it's just very um, thrilling. You know, it's a turbulent, spine tingling thrill. I think I said in my review because it's just anxiety inducing. I think the cast is all there. It's great. You've got Deacons on his absolute A game as he usually is. Um, and it's just a good exploration of trauma as well and kind of what that goes into. And I think um can remind me what straight Jordan Hall's card's called. Loki? Loki. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. MCU uh, reference? MCU reference? Could be. Could be. Yeah. Um, and I think his card's like really interesting in perspective. Um, you know, really interesting study. Uh, I didn't like this as much as, as as I did when I was younger. Um I think this is most accessible, like th- sorry, not his most accessible, like the most accessible thriller. I think this it's, is Denis' most accessible film too. I would say that. I think. I think it's. Yeah, I think it's definitely. Uh, well, it, I think. I think. I. I'd probably go Sicario. I think Sicario. You know, those are the two for sure. Those yeah. are the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that. I think that you know you're not wrong. I think prisoners. Whilst you know, I, I don't think we should say it's most. It is most accessible, but it is still like it's puzzling. It's intricate. It's for it's sure challenging in a way that you kind of can't grasp everything, which I think Cam alluded to. But it also is that kind of conventional style thriller that it is just going to please most people because it works on every front that it that it wants to. It, it is thought broken, but it's also challenging and it's thrilling. Um, you've got Deacon, who I said is on his A game, like completely, and you've got a cast who you know that are f- just full of faces who fit the roles just so perfectly in every way. Uh, the only thing I don't 
love, I guess, about Prisoners, because I do really like it, is I don't really love the ending, to be honest. I don't think it's that great. Uh, but that's just me. And I think I like it's... It. Uh, I know you do, Cameron. That's I like fine. it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't I don't love the, the reveal. Um, but, I, I was, but you know, the same thing. I, 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 people get very upset in my review. And it's like, what are we talking about? It's a four-star, man. It's crazy. Should um, be higher, should be higher. You hated shut it. Up. You hated shut it. Shut up. Uh, but yeah, really, really good. Um, really liked it. Not as much as I did when I was younger, but I think that's granted. It's it was the same thing that happened to me like when I rewatched like Seven, for example. Like, mm-hmm. When I was younger, I loved Seven. Rewatched it, and I was like, it's great, but I'm not. I don't have that same desire to to, to watch it over and over again like I did when I first watched it. Um, but yeah, really, really good film. Um, no real, nothing really else to say. Prisoners greater than Seven, though, it, definitely for me. It's I would facts. Hit facts. Prisoners over Seven. Yeah, it, it's aged better for me. But Prisoners, it, I, I love watching movies and then showing people movies, especially movies like this, where it's like you just kind of want to watch them go through the processes when they haven't seen it before. And I mentioned before on the pod, like all, when I showed it to my mom, I was so pissed because she, like right away when she first saw the the woman, she's like, oh, I bet it's her who's who kidnaps all the kids and orchestrates this whole thing i was like i'm just gonna turn this movie off screw you like why do you have to do that um but yeah like i, I love showing my friends she liked it all time yeah she, yeah, she I, I think it's hard for people to not like prisoners it is know. isn't it it's yeah oh. whatever recommended people I mean, all time. Other, yeah go ahead sorry real quick while we were talking about watching with parents all time brad walsh quote we watched this with my dad for uh the first time he told me he wouldn't do this for me <laughs> he goes he goes i'd let the cops handle it cam i was like all right <laughs> thanks man appreciate that <laughs> all brad walsh backs the blue he trusts them he's like you yeah, know they, they'll, they'll do their thing cops will take care of it Great. Um, thanks, but man. yeah it's kind of just like how you know how far will the father go to protect his family um I'm hugh jackman farther than cam's father it sounds like but <laughs> yeah i love this movie i love watching people go through it for the first time uh i, I love rewatching it as well it, it's one of my favorite movies of all time uh and i'll probably always say that way uh jake jonah hugh jackman just incredible performances Hugh Jackman has such range and he's so good in this um, but really everyone even the supporting characters like Paul Dano just brilliantly weird in this movie and creepy and you know like the scene with it walking his dog outside just horrifying singing Hugh jingle Jackman. bells Hugh Jackman better in this than he is in Logan you've never seen Logan yeah but still <laughs> I disagree <laughs> Well, I don't know. Hugh Jackman's so good. And I think my favorite tweets about Hugh Jackman are the ones that are like, Hugh Jackman just so badly wants to be some musical guy on stage. Mm -hmm. Marvel keeps ripping him back in to get ripped. But he also does movies like this. But yeah, he does just want to be a nice like stagehand music guy. Yeah, for sure. He's definitely a theater kid at heart. He would love nothing more than just to make Les Miserables, Greatest Showman. His only bad performance is in, uh, it was like two years ago. Um, oh, it's that sci-fi film. Yeah, I know what you remin- remin- reminiscence. Rem- reminiscence. Reminiscence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, bad, yeah. That's really the only bad, bad really performance. Bad. IMO. Yeah. But after Prisoners, song? same exact year, uh, that links up with Enemy. So Enemy initially, Christian Bale was was attached to be the lead role, but had to drop out due to scheduling conflicts. Then Jake Gyllenhaal, which, like I said, yeah. Enemy was produced before Prisoners. So I don't know if it was like prisoners with enemy or jake john hall with enemy and then denise like yeah you know you're great i'm gonna bring you into prisoners or if he was already attached to prisoners then christian bale fell out and he's like you know i already got jake john hall on these sets and in these production meetings let's get him on this movie as well but you get two jake john hall performances in this movie because enemy is the story of a man seeking out his exact look-alike after spotting him in a movie um talking about prisoners being maybe one of his most accessible films in terms of english language ones i think enemy is for sure the least accessible and i'd say maybe you know in general it's one of his least successful films one of them that you know someone could turn on and just absolutely hate you know it's definitely 
Yeah. There's a lot more that it makes it's a slow burn. It's a slow burn. I think so. I would say because I just rewatched. I'd say even though it's 90 minutes, I'd still say it's a slow burn. But uh, I mean, yeah, you can make a 90 minute movie. Yeah, for sure. Slow burn. I feel like. Yeah, but and the production is super tight on this movie in terms of like you know this the screenwriting is where it's kind of been. It's the masterpiece is in the writing of this movie, but the actual production like you could easily see this being filmed and put together. You know, very quickly. You know, there's obviously some visual effects stuff they had to do, but in terms of filming this movie with the, the actors on set, probably could have done it quite quick, but. Enemy, uh, let's see. We'll start with Seth on this one. Enemy, what's your thoughts? I think Enemy was the first thing I ever watched, weirdly. I was like, mm. how old? When did I come out? Like 2013? Yep. 14, 15, whatever. I think that Enemy is one of is maybe one of Denis' most interesting films. I don't mean best. I mean interesting to have a conversation about because there's so much to it. I also think this is one of Jake Gyllenhaal's best performances. I think it's so good how he captures kind of the nuances between each character when there's like these subtle differences um i a lot of complaints about enemy are kind of the, the brown hue you know it's all very dusty and look at, i like that i think it works perfectly within this kind of context of the film i haven't seen this for a while i do need to rewatch it to be honest but i think what i remember is just a really interesting kind of exploration of human nature of the differences between them um of the doppelgangers and i, I think it kind of has a lot of thrilling elements, has a lot of heartfelt elements as well. Like I said previously, I think Jake Gyllenhaal, he is so, so good in this. Like, I think I really might be his best for me just because of how he captures the differences between the, between the two characters, especially when they're on the same scene. Um, it's one that, like Tyler said, I think it is, you know, maybe his most, his least successful other than Maelstrom, probably. Um, and I think it works. You know, not everything works. I think a few people bits flew over my head but that but that being said i haven't seen it in probably about a year now maybe a little bit longer and i've only seen it twice because i watched it you know, way ago when it came out whatever um i think the spider stuff is really interesting as well like really really mm. interesting the spider stuff. it's just a really unique thing is like um this might be way off but it's like uh representing like you know commitment female commitment is kind of the one that people drive the most and like fear in general which obviously spiders representing quite a lot of films um, but yeah, I need, I need to rewatch it because I do find it really interesting. And I, I remember watching it and just be like, what the fuck? And I watched it again. And I was like, okay, a little bit's added up, but still, mm-hmm. what the fuck? You know what I mean? Um, really good. Yeah, really, really good. Need to watch it again. I think Jake Gyllenhaal is like the man in this. I think this is like his bag, you know? Yeah, I, I love Enemy. And Jake Gyllenhaal, like you said, both his performances, because he's given two, are so good in this. And, you know, you get kind of get this quirky college professor, college professor who lives in kind of a empty apartment doesn't really have a strong relationship i mean he's seeing a woman but you don't really get a gauge and they, are they just like a fling that hooks up are they dating girlfriend yeah. like, they're not super connected um but just he's so good and just being kind of like this weird guy odd guy just watches a movie and he becomes so obsessed with seeing this guy who looks exactly like him and then you have the other jake gyllenhaal which is the actor in that movie that he sees is just kind of a background guy who has his life more put together in the sense of having a nice apartment a lot nicer than the other jake gyllenhaal and he he's an actor but at the end of the day also he's like been like an extra in three movies and like extra is like a stretch he's not even really a credited actor so he's not really a flourishing actor but he's got the motorcycle the cool leather jackets this nicely styled hair kind of everything that the other one yeah nice apartment everything the other professor jake gyllenhaal isn't and you see these two men that just become obsessed over the fact that they're you know mirror images of each other they're the same scar and then obviously kind of getting like the big twist that you know they're the same guy and the movie is kind of circular in the sense that 
the ending of the movie can almost lead right into the beginning of the movie. And it's like, when does the actual movie end? Like the, the start and the end of the movie might not necessarily be what the start and the end of the actual, like, you know, minute zero and minute hour 30 and the spiders crazy imagery. Yeah. It's a very yellow film, but yeah, just, just such a bizarre film. I love it so much. I, I, this is the first time I rewatched it in like 10 years, like I said, and, and I still love it just as much. And I think Jake Gyllenhaal is just really on his A game here. So much mystique in the the thrill of the this movie with, you know, when the pregnant woman that's married to the the suave acting Jake Gyllenhaal kind of goes and meets the professor version, gives yeah. him a call on his phone after talking with him on the park bench. And then you don't see him pick up that phone until he gets right behind a wall. And you're like, oh, fuck. Like, is, is this the same guy? Is this not? And then you get the car accident. Like, I, this movie, Prisoners, is a, is a thriller that has so many layers to it but kind of spoon feeds you a lot of answers. There's still a lot of, uh, don't get me wrong. First time I watched Prisoners, I did not catch everything. But Enemy is definitely one that you're going to finish and be like, what the fuck? Like, I, there's a lot I have to unpack here. Well, I think it's interesting because, like, like you said, there's so much to unpack. But I think it's, for, for a 90-minute film, it's pretty impressive to have that much in and not feel like stuffed to the brim because I don't think it does. Like, I think it fits really well. Mm-hmm. And 90 minutes is pretty short, you know, to have everything in that it does throughout the whole runtime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and kind of like I mentioned when I was preluding this, it's the production of it's pretty simplistic at the end of the day. Like, there's a couple visual effects shots, there's a car accident, but at the end of the day, like those weren't they're not anything groundbreaking. So I really think like the screenwriting, writing this film, is where a lot of the the master maze and puzzle of putting this this complex yeah. film and idea with all these layers and so much to unpack comes together. And then when you actually kind of put it to film wasn't a whole lot that had to be going down a lot of it's just conversations between characters but yeah i i love enemy george your thoughts i i yeah i i love enemy too i think you just did a really good job of breaking it down so i won't go too into it this is kind of like people always ask me like who my favorite filmmakers are and denis and nolan are top two maybe maybe top three if i squeeze spielberg in there mm-hmm. um but it's mostly because of their similarities and enemy feels like something straight out of like a nolan early day like, I feel like you could throw it right in the middle of his filmography between The Prestige, between Memento and following, yeah. and it would just flow so seamlessly with what Nolan was doing back in the day. Um, I don't think to, I, I think to Tyler's point, you said like there, you know, I could rewatch Prisoners as many times and I'll still pick up on something new. I don't think there's one person in the world that finishes one Denis film and picks up everything. <laughs> his films are so layered. It's fucking crazy. And Enemy is just with its circular timeline with its, its dual characters and kind of this, um, I don't I don't even know how to describe it. This unrelenting psychological fuck fest that he's kind of taking you on. There's just so much to appreciate here within, um, one within like just the direction that Denis takes you, the screenplay, um, this run for me of, of prisoners and enemy, kind of it, it makes me appreciate Ansandi a lot more as like this career changing moment in Denise filmography because he kind of goes from obviously the foreign language films not a list actors but more than capable actors to a prisoners which has become obviously one of the most you know I uh, just respected films out there with two of the most prolific actors at the time, even though they're still prolific, um, it's just crazy that he goes from something like Ansandi to something like Prisoners and Enemy um, to just becoming this this incredibly well-respected filmmaker globally. Um, but yeah, I, I love Enemy. It's definitely one of the Denise that 
I need to revisit. I think I've probably revisited it the least outside of his like pre 2009 stuff. Um, you know, that and Sicario. So I definitely want to revisit it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love it. I love it. This is just kind of, like I said, there's so much overlap and similarities between Denis and Nolan within their entire career, but enemy is kind of where I think they like really cross paths. He didn't write enemy. Did he? I don't think, did he write enemy? I don't don't think he did. Okay. When did he? No, you know, he didn't write enemy. Yeah. yeah, No, Javier Coulon wrote enemy. Nice. Cam. Enemy, very good. Sorry, I just got back. Uh, big fan of Enemy. <laughs> and Enemy's like my, well, actually, never mind. Don't know where it is in my rankings. Could be anywhere. Um, but um, yeah, I, I love Enemy, man. And like you guys said, there's one of it, Jake Gyllenhaal's best, Nightcrawler being his best, obviously. Come on. No. Um, you don't think so? Oh, Spider Man Far From Home. Yeah, man, obviously. <laughs> yeah, what are we talking about? No. Uh, you're what's forgetting Prince of Persia, the sands of time. No, uh, what's it called? The fucking Michael Bay one from two years ago. Shit. Oh, oh ambulance. Ambulance. I look like he cooks in that movie, but that yeah, movie is not as good as anyone uh, says. I, I'm so anti that movie now. Um, no, I r- really like Enemy. I, and nothing you guys haven't said. Um, fantastic, like showcasing like what you can have a better life is it a better life all that jazz but um again i think this is the second time i'm shouting him out but sammy j shout out him hating yourself i read his review and i thought it was funny <laughs> hating yourself for an hour and 30 minutes rookie numbers yeah <laughs> yeah facts hate myself a whole lot more than that but no it, very good movie uh shout out denny um but i you guys said everything it, I just took my dog out so yeah. sammy's more, a, sammy's a funny dude God. The more we, I, I have, I have like Denny's letterbox page open, just looking at his filmography. The more I stare at like this collection of films, the more well, I'm convinced I, that I just made my list. Stop glazing, George. Shut know, up. I'm going to glaze this man endlessly. Just oh, looking God, at this collection do of this. movies. This might be the greatest filmmaker of all. Tom, could we have done this episode last week when like George wasn't here, please? <laughs> I just made my list though, George, and I was like, "Wow, I like that movie. Wow, I like that movie. It's wow, I like awesome. that movie it's for every single one." Yeah. Of of all, sorry, we're we're kind of sidetracking. Of of all of like my five star films, he's got the second most five star films from any filmmaker. I'm it's a shame, Nolan. shame Nolan's better. Nolan's better. Nolan's better. He and Nolan are actually tied for two. Who's one? Spielberg? Spielberg. Do you like Spielberg. Nolan? Do you do you yeah. think you like Nolan more, George or Denis? Dude, so I'm know. definitely probably more more Nolan. I, th- I, would I think I, like I yeah, I, I I definitely lean more Nolan right now. But I think as the Denis filmography kind of unfolds and as he wraps us this Dune trilogy, Dune as he continues to yeah. expand, Dune Dune might be the best uh, movie ever. Yeah, Oppenheimer really, like Oppenheimer really threw Nolan just. Yeah, Oppenheimer yeah, definitely you know, elevated right. Nolan to heights I didn't think he would go. Just because I didn't, I was un, obviously I was excited for Oppenheimer, but I was unsure if he could pull off a biopic. I really was, um, but now he's kind of just proving that he could do whatever the fuck he wants and he'll be good at it mm-hmm. until he makes a shit horror film, which he's going to do. Horror is going to be the tackle. That's going to be the one to end right. him. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> Um, so after and or yeah after enemy we go to Sicario in 2015 which I think I like more than most people so this is where you have an idealistic FBI agent enlisted by a government task force to aid in the escalating war against drugs at the border area between the U.S. and Mexico so you have Emily Blunt uh, Benicio del Toro Josh Brolin 
uh, Daniel Kaluuya, all-time kind of cast trivia question yeah. there. See, he, he's hard to remember that he's in this one. Um, and then you kind of got A Perfect Storm with written by Taylor Sheridan, uh, cinematography by Roger Deakins. I think like more than most, George and I both have this at a five. You're at four and a half, clown. Oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> This um, be bad. Come on. Well, I think in most people's Denis rankings, and which might even be true for you, which we'll see, that it's not it doesn't really come close to the top for most people. But Sicario, uh just the scenes, specifically the border crossing scene, just heart stopping every single time, just hold it's that cool breath, similar to like the Argo, um, you know, getting a plane ticket scene. But that scene's incredible. You get some just brutal scenes between uh yeah, I guess another one, uh was was his name? Uh, he's in like everything. He plays the Punisher. Oh, um, oh uh, John, John Bernthal. John Bernthal. Yeah. All, yeah. All-time uh, character actor. Yeah, John Bernthal. That that scene with him and Emily Blunt, incredible. Like so, just holding your breath the entire time. Then when they're going in the final tunnels, like Roger Deakins just really cooked with the cinematography to yeah. make it. So you're just holding your breath for most of this movie. And uh, yeah, it's just you know we we've seen films like this before where it shows you know the corruption of police agencies, armed forces, and how once you kind of join them, you either you know, succumb to that and join the dark side, or you kind of rage against it. And Emily Blunt struggles trying to rage against it the entire time. And uh, you get to the final scene, obviously, but um, I'll save some more for other people to unpack. So I'm going to start this one with George. Oh, I love starting. I love this movie so much. Um, yeah, th- th- this is, um, I, I don't know. It's so easy to like look at Denise's career and be like, yeah, he's got it. Like he's got the sauce, but like, then you like really truly like deep dive, like we're doing right now and like go into like each film and just how different everything is. And you're like, yeah, this man is just so capable of doing whatever he wants. Sicario. I have to listen to more of your glaze. I'm glazing. Job. I'm going to spend the next hour glazing. Dude, this man. Just we must do like a Bergman or something. Man. I swear yeah, to God. I'm, we're going to name this episode the glazing, glazing of Denis Villeneuve. I'm glazing this man. <laughs> endlessly right now but this is just it's one of the most thrilling and tense experiences i have ever had the pleasure of witnessing one thing about this movie that i i think i don't i don't think it gets overlooked but when you're looking at a movie with so many positives it it could get overlooked benicio del toro puts on one of the best performances i think of the last decade he is he is so reserved but he's so chilling and he's so vengeful and it's just such an, uh, an impactful performance. And then obviously Emily Blunt and Josh Brolin are just, just mesmerizing Roger Deakins doing his thing. It's, it's, I don't even know how to describe it. It's, it's, it's like an Oppenheimer. It's all the railways coming together to create just this, this masterful project. And I think this is just Denis, absolutely obviously he he popped out of his shell i think with on d and then with prisoners and enemy he kind of just expanded on what he's capable of and then sicario kind of took us to this i don't want to say next level because i do think spoiler alert for my ranking i do think prisoners is a better movie than sicario but i think sicario is where he kind of showed us that like yeah he's capable of the, these very one high octane set pieces two conceptually bold narratives i think he's just he kind of branched off into showing us that i don't know if i would consider this a blockbuster the way we would consider like dune or blade runner 2049 a blockbuster but this is where i think he kind of convinced people yeah i'm gonna put you in movie theater seats and you're gonna want to come and watch my fucking movie because i am the greatest filmmaker of all time (laughs) stanley midbrick's got nothing on me the 
the the Sicario world has a chance to be one of the weirdest worlds ever because we had a sequel, obviously, that had nothing to do with it. The only similar link is like Benicio del Toro, and I think Josh Brolin's back too. But the production side of things completely different. And not really. It's still written by Taylor Sheridan. Oh, is that well? Denise gone. Yeah. I don't well, it's it's Taylor. written and directed this time by Taylor Sheridan. Yeah. And it, it's, it's his. It's his miss. Yeah, he, definitely a miss. Uh, it's just thematically so different. But now Sicario three might be a thing what that's is, rumored, and Denis would come back for that. So it'd be the weirdest trilogy of all time. They're doing Sicario Sorry. three. That's not confirmed, is it? The, no, it's not confirmed. But he said he would be interested in coming back for it potentially. Oh, I don't want him to do that. Cam, do. I, you probably know this. What do people call Taylor Sheridan's like unofficial trilogy? Like Wind River, hey, Hell of High Water. Water yeah, ta- I don't know. Oh, the Taylor yeah. trilogy. They definitely oh, call it some Heller High Sicario River. <laughs> wow. Okay, that, that is catchy. That's what they call it, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Heller High Sicario <laughs> River trilogy. It's surprising um, it hasn't caught on more with that. With that the best trilogy of all time is what it should be called. Then. <laughs> okay, let's calm down. They're all fives for me. I'll be honest. They're fucking bangers. Wait, so time. wait. Oh, it's just, you can't include Sicario. It's his written trilogy, I guess. I feel like yeah, they're all written by. No, Sicar- I know, but Sicario Wind two should have to be in that because it's directed by him too. No, Wind River's direct, not directed. No, Wind River is directed by him, but not. But Hell or High Water is him. So I was counting just his start of just writing because now he has. Now he has. Now he's obsessed uh, with Yellowstone. (laughs) Yeah, well, that shit just like takes off in Boomer Country. Yeah, Um, there's seven million spinoffs. He directed one a couple a year, couple years ago. Um, which I didn't love with uh, the one with Angelina, Angelina Jolie. Jolie. Yeah, the fire oh, one. That's like the fires. The, the, those fire who away. wish me dead. Yeah, those who wish me dead. Um, had potential, but um, he's he's much better writer than he is director. Even though I think Wind River is fantastic, mm-hmm. um, but not we we could do a Taylor Sheridan episode. <laughs> that I would that oh. I would ride. Seth, um, your thoughts on Sicario? Uh, yeah, it's a shame Taylor Sheridan can't write dialogue. That's the only that's absurd. Like that's actually uh, such a not. take. Because he's You're like one of the best so... writers of this generation. That's crazy. Okay, that's so. That's such a bad lost. take. Can't can't end can't end can't end scenes of dialogue. Can't close scenes. Wind anyway, River has, oh, Wind River has bad oh. dialogue. M Night Shyamalan. See, there you go. That is such. He a probably writes all M Night's movies with the dialogue. Oh, M Night. That's such a bad This is disgusting. Like this is foul. Despicable. Right. Right. This is foul. Although I haven't seen. This is a soup's inside out level take right there. Yeah. Hell or high water, yeah. Soup's yeah. just described the plot. At least I'm giving like a criticism validly. Come on. Like. I don't know. <laughs> no, I haven't seen Hell or High Water. So I haven't seen that one. Very I haven't seen Sparrow 2 either. I did see, did you guys see that one he did with Michael uh, Michael B. Jordan? He wrote that. That was terrible. Without remorse, um, terrible. Yeah, that was. Oh, awful. yeah. I think oh, I did man. see that. That is really bad. Um, but yeah, no, I do, I do like Sparrow. I think. Is that from a uh, Let me have a look. Uh, yeah, I do like Sparrow. I think it's um, like George said, high octane. I think that. Denis is like that guy when it comes to creating just these suspenseful set pieces. Um, I think that Emily Blunt um, is like the perfect lead female role for this as well. I think she works so well, um, along with, with John Belfall, um, Daniel Kaluuya as well, and uh, Benicio Del Toro, like George said, I think he's fantastic. He's a really, really great actor. Um, yeah, I think this is this is really, really great. I haven't seen it in, in a good probably over a year now. I probably should have rewatched this one, to be honest. Um, but like I said, it's just a master of crafting suspense. I think it keeps you on the edge of your toes throughout completely. And it, it works on just so many levels thematically, emotionally as well. Like um, it was either Cam or George said, uh, just to see with Emily Blunt and John Bernthal as well. It might have even been to you, Tyler. But yeah, I think it's a really, really good film. Um, you know, don't love it by enemies. It's not. I'm not going to spoil it actually. Whereabouts, whereabouts it is, um, but I do think it's really good, and I think it works on on many levels, especially the um, 
the 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 final kind of fifteen minutes where they're kind of you know running through the tunnels and whatever. I think that's some, there's some really fucking cool shots in that. Uh, Deacons and and and, and Denis. It's a good, you know, combo. Although, is it as good of a combo as Denis and Mister Fraser? We should yeah. do like a draft or a rankings of our two, yes, like our favorite, good. just like combos in general. Cause you could go like Nolan mm. and Hans or Nolan and Ludwig, even though that's not really a con- combo. They just had one movie, but like yeah, two, no, two, they got two. They got two. Yeah. Oh, Tenet. Yeah. Ludwig Gorenson's some fucking good. Uh, we could do, yeah, we should do uh, that. We should I mean, do like that sometimes. Cinematographers like, and directors as well. Cause there's so many. That no, yeah. Say. That's what I'm saying. Just any like two All people together or something. Yeah, yeah, because there's some fucking good combos. Um, or like actor, director, like Liv Allman, Ingmar Bergman. Like, there's so many ways you'd go with that. Great take. Great that's, the one, that's the one you pull of every actor, is, director. I don't know. Thank that's you, a, I think I saw like a. That is an amazing one, to be fair. They, I did do like a lot of his best films together, to be fair. Yeah. Sorry. I had to, had to get on Seth's side of the screen for a second. You know, <laughs> help him out. But uh, so yeah. now I know we just started with George for the last one, but we're going to go back with him for Arrival because I think he, it's like his favorite movie of all time, or one of them yeah. has to be up there. So, Is this your favorite? Would you consider this to be your favorite film, George? I, I, I have it second behind The Dark Knight. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah man, I will say, doesn't I, make I, the, I watch it doesn't make the Nolan versus Villeneuve battle in your head any easier if those are your no, two favorites all time. <laughs> yes. My entire 10 favorite movies of all time list could be five Nolan, five Villeneuve, if we're being real. Um, yeah, I... I've adored Arrival since fucking day one, since I watched it. I remember watching it. Um, unfortunately, never got to see it on the big screen. The first time I watched it, I was alone in my dorm room, sophomore year. Um, and I was just by myself, hysterically crying and absolutely just stunned at what I had just seen. Um, and that's kind of where my my like major love affair with with Villeneuve kind of began. Um, I think it's just one of the most heartbreaking narratives in science fiction that we've ever seen, but it's one of the, just the most awe inspiring things. It's, it's, it's so it could be looked at as, as, as cautionary. It could be looked at as, as philosophical. Um, I think you can kind of approach this film in, in, in multiple directions and no matter how you view it, no matter which lens you kind of approach it, you're going to get something out of it. You're going to be able to join any discussion or dissection of this film um, and and kind of add value to it. I think Denis leaves. It's weird because like I, I I think he closes a lot of loose ends in this film very well. He wraps this film up as best as he can, but he also leaves so much room for interpretation, um, which I kind of love. He's not you're not leaving this experience, this film, thinking like like damn, what what the fuck did I just watch? Like where do we go from here? You kind of have an understanding of where this story kind of goes. But again, he's also giving us ample opportunity to kind of discuss it and kind of everyone just to kind of apply their own interpretation on what they had just seen. Um, This for me is like, this is science fiction perfection. Um, I I watch this movie every so often and I just, I think it's like the greatest movie I've ever watched. It hits me emotionally emotionally the same every single time i am just so attracted to this this very reserved science fiction storytelling it's very we've seen the aliens genre or or whatever side of film done so many times you know the day the earth stood still um i don't know but we we i'm basically trying to say we've seen the alien side of film done 
so many times. And I think this just takes such a very reserved approach. And I, I think that's what attracts me the most to it, where it's just, it's so impactful, but it's also giving you time to breathe. Amy Adams not being nominated for an Oscar for this movie is the biggest snub ever, I think. I think it is just ever? absolutely... It, it, dude, it is despicable that she was not nominated for this movie. It is she was so absurd. Um, on Denis, um, this was actually... So on Sandy, Prisoners, and Sicario, they all received Oscar nominations, but this was Denis' first directing nom. Fun fact. Um, yeah, I, I, I love Arrival. I, I, I could write a fucking 16-page dissertation on it if you guys asked me to. Do it. By next no. week, and you're gonna yeah, the whole episode's gonna be you reading it word for word. Ready? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. we we bonded yeah. over. I also watched it for the first time in my well apartment at the time, sophomore year of college. So shout out sophomore year of college. Nice. And I remember I watched it immediately, <laughs> ran it back and would show my roommate, and they did not like it. So I was like, well, that was <laughs> I was excited for nothing. So yeah, whatever. They were like, fucking talking alien symbols. What is this shit? I'm like, ah, this is, dude, it's so, so good. You are not the the right cup of tea for me, I guess. But uh, Seth, your thoughts on Arrival? Yeah, um, I think this is fucking amazing. I think it's really, really amazing. I think it's a and great give it a film. five stars, you coward. But George, you should be happy. Sorry. You Sorry. This is you should be <laughs> elated right now. Uh, I think it's really Denny Denier. Denier of what? Just his Denier greatness. His greatness. greatness. Is right. Seth is going to have the exact same rating from us. It's just going to be like one star or less on each movie. Just, <laughs> he's just a denier. I gave Dune a five star. All right, Dune's perfect. Well, if, I'm Dune deni- if I'm a Dune denier, I don't give Dune five star. Dune's, Dune's fucking awesome, great. though. Dune's a different. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I think this is... So I haven't, I haven't seen this... Well, I hadn't seen this in like... I want to say like uh, COVID times, like um, lockdown times. So it's been a while, so I didn't have it rated. This is interesting because I think it's like a rewatch where it's like the opposite opposite to prisoners. I remember liking this, but I don't remember like loving it. I loved it today. I think it was really, really good. I think the most impressive thing about Arrival is whilst it's kind of big in scope, it's also really contained for a sci-fi. Like the sets are so limited. There's not really much here. But what is here is just like it feels so kind of claustrophobic. Everything's kind of closing in on um Amy Adams' character who who has been through this kind of trauma and the way that they use time is so so interesting and i think it really is something that improves on multiple watches or at least i guess anyway um it's really introspective really refreshing take on the sci-fi genre i do think amy adams is, is fantastic i think the, the first alien i tweeted this um a few hours ago the first alien yeah, reveal scene so so good so i really fantastic. wish i'd have seen this on a big screen like this sound this is always i i get asked all the time like if you could like if you could rewatch any yeah. film and I'm, I don't know if I would pick Arrival. Let me make that clear. Just cause I think there are other films that will be better suited for IMAX than Arrival, but Arrival is always in contention. Yeah. Just cause of like the, the sound work and stuff. So I think it's like really impressive to make a sci-fi that is this kind of contained. Cause there is obviously these kind of big illustri- illustrious shots when obviously they're, you know, they're driving towards at the start, but really it's, it's quite minimalistic for, for as far as sci-fi is concerned. Um, in its location and i think it's, it's pensive it's chilling but it's also really human and, and emotional and really sad especially the ending as well when you kind of put the pieces together and and, and pulls together and learn 
what's happening, especially with the time and, and what, what, you know, Amy Adams' uh, character's life, got what she's called, um, with Jeremy Renner, of course. Uh, yeah, it's it's really great. Really, really great. I, I, I loved it. I, I was surprised by how much I liked it, to be honest. Um, I, won't, I won't go into any more because obviously I'll save for the rating. But yeah. Um, yeah, fuck you, George. You should be happy with this shit. Huh? <laughs> you be really no, happy. I, I am very happy. I think when you give something a five star, you're not happy until someone else gives it a five yeah, star. Which is crazy. That's, that's, that's such high standards. I, uh, that's correct. Because yeah, I... Okay, I'm not going to say my rating, I guess. I'm not as high as George, but this is so good, man. <laughs> this stretch of movies, so much better than anything fucking Stanley Kubrick ever did. How many Kubrick films have you seen, Kim? I think I've seen the four that you talk about as his big stretch, right? So 2001. Uh, probably, yeah. Uh, Shining, Barry Lyndon. Uh, Barry Lyndon. Oh, I Clockwork haven't seen Barry Lyndon. Probably Orange. And then Clockwork Orange. So you've seen I don't, three I don't like Clockwork Orange as much as most. I think so I've like seen three Kubrick films. Movie. Yeah, probably. That, that's what I'm saying. His three, his stretch that you talk about as like four film stretch. Oh, I wouldn't pay that as a stretch, but yeah, you can see. I thought, yeah, I've seen you tweet that actually. Like I've, I've seen no, the exact as, tweet as, of this four stretch. No, you said no, 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 no. You said three film stretch. No, I said four. No, I, four. I was saying. I've seen the four. I know. I'm saying. Uh, Bitch. I'm saying Jeez. I've seen. I <laughs> thought I had. But I forgot Barry Barry Lyndon was in there. I, I, I think you love I love Arrival. I do. I do actually. To be fair, no, I do. I do what you mean. I think this is a really. So it's Arrival, uh, Blade. No, no so it's, it's, his stretch. Don't don't say like your order. His stretch is Sicario, Arrival, Blade Runner, twenty forty nine, Dune Part One. We'll talk about those like more in during the um, rankings. But Arrival, just like heartbreaking to be honest with you and and the ending kind of kills you and you like it starts off you think you think it's like oh you think in the past her her daughter died and now she's just this sad like woman who's who's teaching language and then like it's revealed i mean we're spoiling right we, we don't care yeah yeah, 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 yeah. We're, and then it's revealed that like she's actually seeing the future and that's what these aliens have taught her and and the basic the question is like yes why are you here but would you if you knew your future would you do that and like that's just the most heartbreaking question ever especially like knowing her daughter's gonna die like would she go through the eight years of love just for the like pain and sadness afterwards and the answer for her obviously is yes would it be for everyone i don't know um, but just such an emotional and, and just painful, devastating. devastating ending for a movie that you think is going to be yeah badass, like science fiction aliens, when in reality, it's got a lot more heart and a lot more like commentary on like, Hey, if 12 fucking aliens showed up, this is probably how the world would react, you know? Um, and it's a very Western viewpoint, you know, maybe like other countries, like it, it very much depicts Russia and China as like going to bomb these fuckers but you know would that happen maybe would it not who knows but um um uh, it's it's very much like this is what would happen if 12 countries had one alien ship what how would we all react would we communicate with each other correctly in order to solve the mystery that sort of thing but yeah and incredibly like deep and intense just alien movie that most alien movies are like alien which is a great action movie or uh, Movie, aliens aliens being more action but this being more like deep and and thought provoking just fantastic no yeah honestly enemy has a lot of similar structure to enemy in terms of its or arrival and enemy have very similar structure in terms of being 
almost circular like you know the, the end of the beginning all kind of cl- clicks and comes together in, in a way and it's just fascinating when you go through this filmography as we're doing seeing where all these link where enemy and arrival on the surface you really wouldn't really connect those you know surface level you know one's a sci-fi one's more a character study which has sci-fi elements but you know you know what i mean they're very different movies when you watch yeah. them but a lot of similar filmmaking structures a lot of honestly similar similar thematically as well but uh after arrival now we're getting into blade runner 2049 so again yet again another deneva uh roger deakins collaboration this movie didn't do great at the box office similar to the original blade runner so he continues to pay homage to the original in another big way by getting a big budget not doing great with it but people still love it's like one of the biggest flops of all time if i'm not mistaken maybe not maybe not maybe not one of the biggest of all time but it's a big flop did it lose money like didn't yeah, I lost really? money, but um, again, you know, he, he's just that big of a Ridley Scott fan. He's like, I'm going to lose money with yeah, you, sir. Yeah. Um, but Blade Runner 249, Seth, I'll start with you. Uh, yeah, I like it. I think it's great. I, I think it's uh, very similar to my thoughts with the old Blade Runner. I don't know which one I prefer. I probably prefer the, the, the original by like a little bit, um, but it's really, really good. I think, again, Beacon's on his A game. You know, some of the sound and visuals in this are absurd, like really, really absurd, especially in that kind of first stretch. Um, with Ryan Gosling's character and kind of when um, Batista's in the first stretch, isn't he? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah, because I haven't seen this in a while um, since like about a year or so. But yeah, it's it's really really good. I think the whole Blade Runner concept, kind of this futuristic dystopian concept, it doesn't. It's not something that interests me as much as um, other science fiction films. You know, kind of the aspects of I I I prefer kind of the futuristic take of you know Arrival, where it's a little bit more introspective, it's a little bit more kind of self contained, a bit smaller. Um, and it's not kind of this this huge thing. I do think Blade Runner is the sort of film that improves when it's um, big screen. Cause it's kind of made for that, you know, just as when I, uh, you know, watching like um, any sci-fi really on the big screen is going to be better and inevitably with something like this. Uh, but I think it's great. I think it's uh, something that um, I actually don't. Well, no, I do. I'm arguing myself in my head, by the way. So yeah, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think I, I I love Ryan Gosling in this. I think that some of the the effects are amazing, and I think it has some really really cool set pieces, especially in that final third as well. Um, not something I you know I love because I, I just played with you know the concept of it isn't as interesting to me. Um, but it but it is you know a massive technical marvel and a massive achievement. And I also think I like Denis because of the fact that he kind of takes on you know taking on like a Blade Runner, taking on a Dune. It's it's a big task, especially when you've got, well, uh, in Blade Runner's case, you've got one of the the most you know beloved sci-fi's ever to back up off. But then in Dune's case, you've got the opposite of that, and really something that everyone thought would be impossible as a task to take on. So it's kind of commendable. That he takes on these such huge tasks, and I think Blade Runner was successful. Not something that I love, but yeah, I get it. It's really really good. Cam, I love Blade Runner twenty forty nine with my whole heart. Um, not to not just say where it is in my rankings by any means, because I love where I love most every Denny movie, especially like his last four with my whole heart or his last five, whatever it is. Um, but this is my I think this is like Ryan Gosling's best performance ever. Um, I think it's one of the best performances ever. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe that's a hot take. Probably probably is. But and if I looked at every single performance ever, maybe that'd be wrong. But like my memory of this is so high um that i i love everything about it i think it's the best looking um denny movie um like and the best shot movie this this is roger deacon's getting absolutely freaky um deaky with it he, he's did deacon do arrival as well no no who did arrival i don't know off the top of my head 
I just know prisoners. Not, not, not deacons. Uh, yeah, c- carry on. Oh, you found it. All right. He did Ag- solo. Wow, he caught on a ride. He did solo. Yeah, he yeah, only the only ones you'll huh, the only two you'll have seen. Oh, he did a most violent year from. Oh no, I didn't like say that. He did solo and arrival. He fucking cooked to the rival. That's crazy. Yeah, like, good for him. Arrival oh, you're. Nice. I thought you were saying Roger Deakins did solo. Okay, I, no, I, I'm no. on the same page now. No. Uh, no, but dude, this is so good. And like the baseline test scene, I think that was entirely written by um, Ryan Gosling, um, where like determines if he's uh, human or not, and like that's like the classic just screaming meme. Um, very funny meme. Yeah. I wanted to watch this. I like, really watch these films. Like I love Denis, but whenever I watch, there's always there's know, so many memes from in like the business and like you know whenever I watch like there will be blood. Now it's like just fuck off, man. I can't even take this yeah, seriously yeah, anymore. The, uh, I just hear it all the time. It's so annoying. My boy scene. Yeah. Yeah. Abandoned my child. Yeah. Um. But this this movie's fantastic. Um. Um. What was I gonna say? It was something, and then I completely blanked in my mind. Ryan Gosling. Moment where he finds out he's human. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the hell I was gonna say. I like this more than the original. Um, I know that's a hot take on this pod. I don't know if it is a hot take to be honest. Well, I think George, it's like one. Oh, on this okay, yeah, I think yeah, Tyler yeah. likes the original a lot. It's very. I, I think like, got, I think they've got the same average. You know, I think they're quite like. Okay, they're so, both fives for me. Yeah, they're they're yeah. five star for me. Uh, shoot, I guess we're. I've I think I've said every rating. I guess. <laughs> you actually have. Uh, I I can pass it off to George because I can Google and ogle at this thing all day. Um, I wanted to rewatch Love it, but I, I prioritized. Uh, yeah, I, I prioritized Arrival last night just because I haven't seen um, Arrival in longer than I hadn't seen this, and I wish I saw it in theaters, but. Um, on the budget co- talk, it did lose eighty million dollars. Um, so not wow. like one of the biggest box office busts, but still def- pretty definitely a bust. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is why it's good to see that he's still getting opportunities because we see stuff yeah. like that killed. Because I mean, like we said, I think again, Dune lost money, but that released it, it, to be I fair, that Dune released with Dune. HBO Max, like yeah. at the same time. I think Dune will be a winner. Dune yeah. Part Two yeah. will be a big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, because like we said before, Blade Runner twenty four nine was a rival, which yeah, sci fi, but way more grounded, not nearly as high budget as something like a. You know, some space war movie so it's it's good that they gave him like kind of a bigger budget they're giving him bigger budgets and he hasn't always returned and people always say like oh like talking about box office is anti-art but at the end of the day box office gets people employed keeps people employed director jail is a very real thing that many directors are still in and have been put in i mean who knows when we'll see the next damien chazelle movie we've seen a lot of other directors that have gotten years stretches after a flop where they just haven't really seen anything so box office does matter at the end of the day it just simply does but um george blade runner 24 9 yeah, kind of just echo everything Cam says. I think first and foremost, it is a technical marvel. I think right there with Dune, this is just like Denis, I guess, just a crazy achievement within his filmography. Um, I, I, I watched, I watched like half of it yesterday because obviously I wanted to watch the whole thing, and then Victoria wanted to watch Anyone But You. Um, so I watched half of it, and Peak. there are just so many sequences in this movie, just in the first half where I was like, this is just mesmerizing. And th- this movie, th- this is, if you're not already excited for Dune Part 2, which, later you should on be. 20, which you should be, 2049 should be enough to make you excited for Dune Part 2. Clearly, Denis takes such good care of his films. He clearly knows how to expand on lore, to expand on characters, but give us a, a refreshing story and a refreshing take, which that seems with all the reviews that I've seen on Dune Part 2, that seems like the direction we're heading. Um, but if you have any doubts, 
Blade Runner 2049 is what you should look to because he clearly just knows how to work a sequel so well. Um, love every aspect of it. Obviously, the original Dune is is maybe in my top five favorites films of all time list. Um, I think it was last time we did our favorite lists video for Real Talk, but it may change. But yeah, I, I think he just he takes such good care of this story. He he pays such good homage to the original while giving like this new generation of Blade Runner fans just something to truly marvel at. Um, love Ryan Gosling in this movie. I think he's just... I, I feel like I've used the word reserved a million times on this pod so far, this episode, but it's kind of exactly what he is. He's so impactful, but he's so reserved. And I just think those types of emotional and, and really, um, you know, confined performances are just so incredible. And I think Ryan Gosling just obviously prior to 49, he, he proved himself to be one of the best working today, but I think this just kind of took him to another level. Um, how do you feel yeah. about Harrison Ford? I'm sorry to cut you off. How do you feel about Harrison Ford in this? Love I him. like him. Love him. I love really? Him. I they they brought him, him back love him. perfectly. I, yeah, did I did not agree. feel like a cheap, like, it was not like a Jurassic World Dominion where they brought back all the OGs. Oh, I don't mean the character, sorry. I mean, like, the, his performance. Oh. Love him. Really? Yeah. Really? Okay. I, I, still, I, I still, listen, I know you... We've had this discussion so many times. I think Harrison Ford is one of the greatest ever. No, no, I, I really like him. I just don't fit this one particular. Like, I think he's done all that for me. No, I would never call this one of his best performances ever. But I think for being, what, 40 years out from the original to, to pick it up that easily and to be able to, to bring back Deckard in a way that I don't think anyone expected, I think was just fantastic. I think he's... Yeah. My question on this one, is this the best legacy sequel of all time? Yes. I, honestly, I, yes. I mean, I like, take, it, I don't know if there's really competition. Y'all can think on it because I, I would can't take think of Top Gun Maverick. I think Top Gun Maverick. Ooh, Top Gun Maverick's up there it's, for sure. But I, I, I definitely I prefer this. But it is up there. Yeah. What else is there? Like, I, 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 I know Gladiator Fury Two soon. Road, Fury Road, Fury Road, Fury Road, Fury Road and Twenty Forty Nine are the two that come to mind as the two best. Fury Road barely is a Fury I mean, Road count though. Yeah, because they're like three movies, a legacy, like a leg- legacy quad. Well, actually, I'll, I'll take right? Fury Road as the best one then. If we're saying that, then yeah, you know? yeah, I'd probably take yeah. Fury Road, but Forty Nine is I very think I'd close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Forty Nine for me, Twenty Forty Nine isn't. I don't know. Didn't love it as much as most people. I still have to. I'll, I'll give it a rewatch. I, I own it on digital, so I'll give it a watch, another watch at you some point, lonely. but. The original Blade Runner for me is just like a perfect five out of five. I, I love it so much. And the Blade Runner 2049, I mean, it's still a four star for me. Spoiler. But I I, I mean, it's, it's well known on this pod that I don't like it as much as the original. Um, we're, I think we're split 50-50 then on the pod, right? The original versus the sequel of which we prefer. George, I know you're kind of I thought George it. preferred the original. Maybe he I'm, doesn't. I'm going original. I'm going original. Okay. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like all Denis films. Uh, Blade Runner 249. There's just so much to unpack. It, it's how long is it? It's almost like three hours, right? Like two hours. Maybe like 240. Yeah. So there, there's so much here in this whole world. And like we said, it is a legacy sequel, but it also builds on that world so much. There's just so much more to sink your teeth into because that world of Blade Runner in general, uh, just such an awesome world. And yeah, it's definitely one of, like, like I'd say, Blade Runner 2049, Ansan D, and Arrival are like the three that I like could use a rewatch on the most to kind of really nail down my rankings. But um, yeah, I, I mean, you guys have kind of said everything that needs to be said. Beautiful looking film. Like you can pick any still image or any quick clip, and it's it's gonna be one of the most gorgeous shots of a sci-fi film that we've seen in the century. Um, but with that, that leads us then up to a four-year break. The because I mean, like we're, we're talking about this stretch and how great it is, but 
prisoners to Blade Runner 2049 is 2013, 2013, 2015, 2016, 2017. So real back-to-back, as we mentioned earlier in his career, he had that long gap between projects. And now he had a not long gap, but four years, you know, longer than we've seen from Denis normally to Doom Part 1. I wasn't really planning on touching on it too much because I feel like every week the last four weeks we got sidetracked <laughs> and yeah. start glazing Doom. <laughs> yeah. we, did it last, we did it literally last week when you guys were yeah. here. Yeah. Real Talk Collection Dune, by the way. Real Talk yeah, Collection yeah. Dune. Real Talk Collection. Um, so yes. we'll, we'll jump into our rankings now, and I'm going to start with Seth. So um, I think we should do like – we should go – Last, 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 yeah, yeah. last. Good, good call, good call. So okay. first off, how many? So I have eleven ranks total. I didn't include the short films. I didn't. Okay. Or I guess I include. I have awesome. nine. I have ten total. Ten total. Well, I've, I've oh, got the, all the. How many features is it? Is it eleven features? Well, if you include Cosmos, so ten. I would say. Okay, so ten, okay. I've got the just the ten ranks. Okay. Cam has a nine, and George is a nine. Okay, so t- tenth place. We'll just do me and Seth. Seth, what's your tenth place? Uh, we'll say the ratings as well. Yeah, uh, August thirty yeah. second, Earth, uh, two and a half. It's not bad. Okay. And for me, are we doing place, 10 through five and then five back? Like no, we normally we're just going to go, just go around. Cause we already talked about them. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. 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 Um, for 10th place for me is maelstrom two and a half. And then, so now we all have nine left. So now we'll go all the way around the room. Number nine, Seth, what's that? Your nine. Uh, my nine is polytechnic at a 2.5. Also for me at nine is polytechnic at a three cam. What is your nine? I uh, close my rankings, but I it's my nine and one and a half, maybe a little too low is is Maelstrom. George, what's your nine? My nine is August thirty second on Earth. What's your rating? I don't think oh, yeah, you don't have. I, yeah, Very my fun. nine and my I, I at eight. I have Polytechnique. I don't. Those are the two I don't have rated mm-hmm. currently. I need to rewatch them before I like yeah, fully solidify where they go. Number so, eight, Seth. Uh, my eight is Maelstrom or Maelstrom, I don't know. Uh, three and a half. Mm-hmm. Eight for me, Polytechnique, three star. Or wait, no, 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 I already said that. Eight for me is August or second on Earth, three star. My my eight, uh, 67 out of 100, three and a half out of five is Polytechnique. Love Let's it. get it in, though. <laughs> George. Uh, well, my eight was Polytechnique. Oh, yeah, my bad. Un- uh, unrated. South number seven. My seven is Sicario, is where it jumps up wow. to a. Well, it's, it's a. I said, I've said this before, and I'll say this now. I don't know if you guys will think the same, but like, there's a from like, for me, so from like three to seven, they could change any day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're all like interchangeable. So yeah, Sicario is my seven at a four. Seven for me is Blade Runner twenty forty nine at a four star. Bangs me. Uh, my seven <laughs> and eighty seven, eighty six out of hundred is Ansandis. Four and a half out of five, and everything from here is a four and a half. Okay. Or, or, sorry. My seven is enemy at a four and a half out of five. Okay. Seth, six. We're all very different. My six is enemy at a four. My six is Ansandi at a four. Cam? My six is an 87 out of 100 at a four and a half out of five. Seth and I the same. Enemy. And George. And my six, and I'm five stars out, is Sicario. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Five, <laughs> five stars. Seven. You have five. I Jesus. Love Every, I love everything it. here on is a five for me. I love you. I love Listen, that. he's got the sauce. He has so much sauce. No one's sauce. denying the sauce. I'm not denying him. That's fine. What's your five, uh, Seth? My five is Blade Runner 2049 at a four. Mm-hmm. Cameron? 
Sorry, my dog's been making noise. Um, 92 out of 100. Watched it last night. Arrival. Uh, last four and a half out of five for me. Three points away. It's it's right there. Five for me is also Arrival at four stars. George? Um, real okay, quick. I'll then you 20 bucks to put Arrival so at a five star. Move it up. Maybe I will. <laughs> you do. I liked it. I only moved it up I'll one point. But I, I like remember not liking it as much. So that's why I wanted to rewatch it. But I, I really liked it. Uh, one point I want to make. Jeremy Renner, best actor like of the main Avengers outside the MCU. Yeah, I mean Scarlett no. Johansson's probably there, but yeah, it's, Scarlett Johansson, but probably yeah, Jeremy Renner. Uh, Jeremy Renner, and and uh, what's his name's what's his name's about to win uh, the Oscar, but uh, RDJ, RDJ, thank you, uh, but Jeremy. Yeah, Renner that's a, Scarlett Johansson probably my pick. Right, my a, number five out of five star is on Sandy. Four for sure. Number four, it's a four star is on Sandy. For me, it's enemy at four and a half stars. Now oh, shit. Enemy at four. Interesting. Yeah, love enemy. Nice. Um, George, what's your four? Cam stepped away. By four out of five stars is prisoners. Okay. Damn, um, bro, I really delays this man like crazy. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll give Cam a second to catch up. Oh, wait, he's back. Yeah. So Cam, Cameron, you're number four. Here's a crazy take, y'all. 95 out of 100, my number four, Prisoners. Maybe not a crazy take. I don't know. Why is that crazy? I'm really well, I thought you guys would take. have it pretty higher. I thought you guys would have it higher on the list. I mean, they're all – I mean, so many of these are just like close to me. I could change them any day. Yeah. Um, so now we're Fact. on to Seth for number three. This is George. Oh, no, because we mm-hmm. – uh, My three is Prisoners at four. Three for me is Sicario at a four and a half. Cam, you're I think. No, I, I was skipped for four, by the way, because you guys Wait, hate me. Oh, never mind. Uh, my yeah, <laughs> my my four was prisoners at a five star. Oh, oh wow. maybe I, I did say. Most I people, I th- honestly, I thought we'd have it at one for most everyone, but really, uh, also a ninety-five out of hundred. Number three for me is Dune. Dune, Ooh. what a bang! George, what's your three? Yeah, my yeah. three also at a five stars. Blade Runner twenty forty nine. When did the six stars start coming in, George? <laughs> yeah, dead ass. <laughs> yeah. All right, number uh, two, Seth. My two, and then number like, one, since it's only one. So just yeah, so for me, like this is where the the real jump is in terms of like where I love them. Um, Arrival uh, uh, two at four point five, and then Dune at one. What is it fucking spoiling it for? Man? <laughs> well, because um, we only have one left. Yeah, right? Dune at one. Dune at one give us one when it gets to it <laughs> yeah exactly man. Uh, I, I mean it, i did just yeah. say give your two and one to be fair yeah oh yeah sure. uh, Cam, doing it one that's a five star of course it's you it's you right uh, me number two for me is doing a five star number one for me is that prisoners five star there it is yeah. okay. uh my number two 96 out of 100 sicario um and then number one oh, shit. number yeah. one 97 blade runner 2049 i think wow. Wait, where was dune for you cal was that three 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 Okay. Ninety. I go ninety-five, five or ninety-five, ninety-five, ninety-six, ninety-seven. We're all wildly different. George, what's yeah, your two? Yeah, okay. yeah I thought my, my two is Dune, and my one, maybe the greatest movie of all time, Arrival at five star. Yeah, we, we I did. Thought, have I thought we'd all have it at five. Actually, no, maybe not George. Uh, sorry, uh, Dune at one. I thought everyone's was prisoners. It's funny. None of us have Dune at one, right? I have one. So we it's all have a different that, one. And that's our only real talk collection of Dune's filmography. The only people 
Oh no, me and George share a two because the top two. Yeah, don't we? we share a top two, just backwards. Okay. Yeah, interesting. I, I, I like that we all have a different number one. I feel well, like that's I, it's, it goes back to what I say. I think it's so kind of the quality of, of a lot of films is so close together that it's really interchangeable. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like I think it's varied for a lot of people. Very. Much it's so. almost. It's almost as if Denis has the sauce. <laughs> I'm gonna mute him. I have he's to got so him. much. He's got so yeah. much sauce, man. And and let uh, me tell wait, you, Dune Part Two might be might be our one. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say this. Yeah, good point. Dune, Dune Part two. two predictions. I'm gonna say I'm gonna give you a big fat. This is gonna be my number one. I think yeah, this yeah. might be a five out of every review I've seen. Like has has made me just assume yeah. it's a five out of five to the point it's where the first I might watch it? this movie, hate it, and still give it a five out of five because I've been tricked. <laughs> I've been tricked like into thinking this is Dune. I'm this predicting a real talk five. collection entry with Dune Part Two. This would be the first in like I'll, this is the first new release collection since like After Sun, no? Yeah, be. After Sun. I mean, well, I, I, we're, we're, we're already giving it its flowers. We haven't seen the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, no, we, we, I don't care, man. I'm, I'm there, you know. I'm there. I'm there. May thy knife with a chatter. Ah, yeah. All right. Well, that wraps up our Denise section, and we we have some some more stuff we want to cover in this episode still, but we won't go on for too much longer. But yeah, George Avatar: the Last Ever. Are you the only one who's seen any of it? I think so, because Cam said he was gonna, but no, didn't. I think so. I think yeah. now I'm just gonna rewatch the animated. As yeah, I said, just rewatch the animated. <laughs> go ahead and give your thoughts. Yeah, I'll keep it brief because we're we're already coming up on two forty two. 15 actually so we have time um yeah i before the episodes before we started recording cam and i were talking about like the discourse on this on twitter people are being very aggressive in in both directions some people calling it the worst thing they've ever seen some people calling it the best thing they've ever seen i think it's just fine and i think it's perfectly okay to say it's just fine um i said in my tiktok review i think whether you're a fan of the animated show or if you're not a fan of the animated show, this live action adaptation is going to give you things that you really like. And then it's going to give you things that you probably fucking hate. There are aspects of this show that I do not like. There are aspects of the show that I really, really like. The design of the show, the production, the costume, the casting, I think they all got perfect. not so perfect with the casting. I'll, I'll backtrack on that. I think some of the casting is iffy, but the design of the show, production and costume, I think is fantastic. Um, for the people that thought this was going to be a just straight one-to-one scene-for-scene shot remake of the animated show, I think that's such a stupid reason to, to be upset. There were, This was never going to be shot for shot. Um, obviously, there are moments from the animated show that I would have liked to see in live action, but we just don't get those things. I think right from the get-go, episode one, um, when Aang goes into the Avatar state to escape Zuko, we don't see that in live action. Um, so there are moments like that where I, I, I just wish um, that we did see, but expecting this to have been a one-for-one, scene-for-scene remake of the original, I think that's just a dumb expectation. Um, I think there are... I, I said in my, in my TikTok review... It's it's weird to like put a finger on like what exactly it is that just doesn't make this that good of a show. And like the best I can do is it lacks sauce. And I'm going to use the word sauce. Seth, what's up? Sorry, just to interrupt. It's funny <laughs> you were saying that because when, because Anna's obviously started watching. She's a massive fan of the, um, yeah, the animated one. And she watched like two or three episodes. How many episodes is there? Eight. 
eight. Yeah, she was like two or three episodes yesterday. And she was just like, I can't, I don't know why, but I just don't really have the urge to watch more. It's just something that it lacks, but I can't quite like put a finger on yeah. it. It's, it's funny. Said like, that. I'm not, I'm yeah, not even it? saying it as like a joke or to like to be no, funny. No, she like, said it literally like it lacks the sauce. Like it lacks yeah, yeah, yeah. like the magic and the spark of the original. And I think a big problem, and I fucking all of these Disney MCU Netflix shows stop making them eight episodes. This animated show was season one was 23 episodes, half hour each. This is eight episodes, 50 to an hour each. We're just missing so many crucial character moments that just add to like this, like this sense of wonder that the original animated show gave us. And I think that's like my biggest problem with it. Yeah. Um, Another big problem I had, and I've seen a lot of people talk about this online, and this is where I kind of agree with a lot of people's negative ratings of the show no one seems to be committed to the choreography. And I think that's the best way to put it. Um, everyone's like, I think they nailed, <clears throat> excuse me. I think they nailed the bending, um, which obviously was everyone's was like, mean? like when they're fire bending, air bending, uh, I think it all, yeah, I think yeah, it all yeah. looks good, which is every, that, that was everyone's biggest concern coming off yeah. of M Knight's movie because not even to shit on M Knight, but that's the worst part of that movie. He did the bending so poor, so terribly. I think so coming into this live action show, that was everyone's like biggest like, okay, how's the bending going to look? The bending looks fine. It's the actor's commitment to the choreography. It just looks so dull. They don't seem like they're like enjoying the choreography of the bending. And it just like, it just leaves such a bad taste in your mouth. Um, But again, there are things you're going to love. I think they did the spirit world really well. Um, I think the story of Omashu, a couple changes to that story, I think work pretty well. Um, every episode has its positives. Every episode has its negatives. Um, if you're a fan of the original, I still say watch it. I don't think you're going to like it. I don't think you're going to love it. Um, but again, I think it's perfectly fine to just walk out of the show and be like, it's super okay. Like, it's perfectly fine. It's not the best thing ever. I don't, I certainly don't think it's the worst thing ever. Um, I think the issue is people on social media are too hyperbolic. It's either amazing yeah. or terrible. Yeah. Can't everything like, is fine. Everything. Know? Doesn't matter what we're talking about. Everything is so exaggerated. Especially if it's like a, something that's like um, you know, an adaptation like that. Which I think yeah. is interesting because obviously I think we'll touch on this, but I don't know if we're doing news today, but like the uh, Naruto uh live action movie that's just been confirmed, I think it would be like exactly the same reaction because people have kind of grown up with it. It'll either be the worst thing in the world or the best thing in the world, and no one can find a middle ground with, with these things. And yeah. quite annoying to see reactions online like that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like it's perfectly fine to just walk out of something and be like, Yeah, that was like okay. They're setting up a massive universe for them though, because they have huge season universe. Two and season yeah. three plan, they have shorts or oh, series yeah. plan, they have mass. Oh, the film, the film coming out, the animated film, isn't there? Like 2025. There's like two, right? One's like film. Zuko and then what? Yeah, they, they have a lot. Um God, there's like a whole timeline picture mm-hmm. I can pull up. But yeah, yeah I think the next project they're working on is a sequel to the animated show where it's like it's is all that, of the cat. I, th- I thought it was a show. It could be a film. I could I be know. wrong, but it's about all of them in like their thirties, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, there's a lot being planned. I think the success of this whole universe kind of relies on this show and how they kind of execute season one and season two. Um, I will say going into season two, because the casting is a big part of the show. And I think they did not nail the casting for a couple of characters. If they fuck up Toph, they're done. Scrap the universe. Them 
scrap everything. If they fuck up the casting of Toph, don't even bother continuing this universe. No one will watch it. I just don't think, I mean, I've not seen the show, so tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't think anything like this is ever going to be that successfully adapted into live action. It's like, isn't it like trying to do like Attack on Titan live action? Like, how are you going to do that? You know, just like it's it's weird. I don't know. It's, it's almost like, it's almost like Aquaman. Like I think Aquaman animated is just so cool. But like, it's hard not to make it like corny in live action. Even though I think James yeah. Wan was successful with his two Aquaman movies, it's still so difficult it. to like not look at these movies and be like, "This is corny." Like it's a not bit like Scooby Doo that adapted from cartoon to live action perfectly. Yeah, in every single way. <laughs> mm-hmm. correct. That's what I'm saying. Um, we got a couple trailers this week. Borderlands, Seth. Thought oh, it just looks shit. I don't care. Like people were annoyed. You me play the I've played the games. Okay. I've played the games. Admittedly, not for a while. I do think the casting choices, whilst they might work as a character, I just think it's kind of like a boring choices. Minus Kate Blanchett, like I love Jack Black. Don't be wrong, but like Jack Black, Kevin Hart, it's whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I Kate just Blanchett's so weirdly in there. It is, but it kind of works for her character. I will say. I know they're uh, looking to cast like a comedian for the Robot Keys or whatever. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just. I, I just think these sort of films just look a bit shit. You know, that's my issue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the cast so alone is enough to make me think it's going to be not great. But I mean, uh, not talking about Cape Blanchett, but I never played the games. Uh, I've watched. Games. Look, cool. I don't know. It, it looks whatever. But if the people who love the games love the movie, then more power to them. That's This is really going to be Five Nights at Freddy's all over again, boys. So just prepare. Just <laughs> so you know. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll give Borderlands fans credit. I'll already assume they're not going to be as annoying as Five Nights at Freddy's fans, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. We also got a trailer for Boy Kills World um, coming out April 26th, produced by Sam Raimi, Bill Skarsgård, and a, another deliciously weird role for him. Um, I don't know. Th- this could be great, could be awful from the trailer alone. It looks. Weird. I don't think I watched this, to be honest. I, I saw it, but I don't think I actually watched it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so some anything with a scars guard in it whether it's the father or of the patriarchy or any of the kids is gonna have my attention <laughs> and especially when you let him <laughs> off the chains like this look, look, looks like it should be fine i mean bill bill yeah. seems like the weirdest of the bunch but we'll i always like watching watching any of them mm-hmm. you know they just, they just fully commit every single time whether yeah. it's to a dramatic role or to something as odd as this or Pennywise. french french villain in john wick falls weird was john oh, wick yeah. Falls? yeah it was yeah, yeah. um yeah, but we can move into some movie news. We, we won't spend too much time on this, but obviously a lot of big news this week. Mickey 17 now releasing January 31st, 2025 in IMAX. So should be fun to see an IMAX. Um, oh, disappointing it's delayed. The, the most I said I- this, Tyler, last week on our podcast, as well, I said, I bet you it's fucking delayed. Yeah, we were, we were talking about that last week. We are like, we need something, Some give us some sort of yeah. hope that we're going to see it. But the thing I'm most annoyed about the delay is that freaking when it was initially delayed indefinitely and then people were tweeting it. There's so many people that were like so righteous and confident. They're like, guys, it's just a can it's release. Con. It's going to yeah, headline. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's coming so, out in September. Like they're, they're making it a secret now because it's going to be just such a, a banger. I can, it's like now, now I'm just like pissed. I, w- I thought so too. I think it was just pure delusion. Honestly, yeah. I was like, oh, it's probably going to be good. Yeah. But like, I just feel like the way people talked about it was a way of like, yeah, yeah, we're yeah, so yeah. much more ingrained and in, we we're so much more in the know of how films yeah, work. Yeah, yeah. You guys, that guys, it's just clearly going to be can. It's like, yeah, shut up it. losers. Ballerina also delayed a year to June 6, 2025. Yeah, Chad yeah, is yeah. not directing, but he said it's uh did not have enough action scenes, so they're kind of reworking how it's gonna work. Um, which 
Sounds like it could be good because, I mean, John Wick, at the end of the day, you know, you can love the story or not, but at the end of the day, they're action flicks, and you need the great action. And especially after the Continental did not do great, sounds like it should be good. No one's talked about the Continental since. That, that, that just no happened. one has talked about it. It's crazy. No one talked about it whatsoever. No, and then no. the budget for uh, really Scott's Gladiator 2 is now $310 million, ballooning from $165 million. <laughs> Similar to the Mickey 17 delay news, there's a lot of people are like in – we're in the know. The only reason it's ballooned this much is because the COVID delays. It's like, is it really gonna is COVID delay gonna double the budget? Don't really think it's just yeah, that. Yeah, like this is um it's mental. A crazy like, budget. But and and a lot of people are saying like this is just another sign yet again that we're gonna be on the brink of yet again another collapse like we saw in the eighties, nineties of production studios where budgets are just gonna go to the tubes, which should lead to some more fun auteur driven stuff, but uh, this uh yeah, this is just not sustainable. These budgets are just surely. not sustainable. This is not making any money. I don't care if it's Gladiator. Like, this is obscene. I mean, yeah, Napoleon didn't make any money. This is going to be – like Ridley Scott, he's just going out with a bang for his, his – Gladiator didn't have that hold on people. Like Gladiator is one of those films that's like it's your dad's favorite film, you know? So it's going right. to bring in a lot more audiences than Napoleon did, I think. But, right, yeah, but still, it's going to be tough to top that $310 million. Yeah, price, it's crazy. But... Well, how much is – what's the marketing? Do you usually say what's the like – It's uh... usually like double that. So it's probably like they're probably going to need to make 800 900 to maybe a billion to break even, like oh. close to it. Like oh, it, that's, that's, it's crazy because, yeah, usually you take production budget times two about and that's and then add that on top of it. And that's what that's marketing the, is. Yeah. And I think it's going to be a big make or break movie for Paul Mescal because I think this is, we're going to see is he – because he's he's every film he's every kind of niche film community's favorite guy, but will he be able to break into the leading man block? But because people were like, maybe he's gonna be in Fantastic Four. I, I think he's he not. This will be kind of a make or break. See if he is he like movie star level. I think he is. I think he's not. I think so too. But it'll be he's interesting to see. You know, like our dads watching a Paul Mescal movie and seeing what they think. Yeah. Of yeah, yeah. Um, Tom Cruise been cast in Alejandro Inarritu's next film, and uh, film Twitter burned down over this. Which no, like I mean Inarritu. 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 Actually, yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, we love a Christopher, Christopher yeah, McCorry yeah. and Tom Cruise uh, combination, but I think this is really exciting. I know you tweeted as well, Tom. I'm fucking excited about this. Mm-hmm. It's cool, you know? yeah. I think Tom Cruise is a he, he's a very smart and strategic man with his career. And you know, we love his Chris McQuarrie action films. We love the edge of tomorrow's of the world. You know, there might be a sequel, it sounds like coming as well. We love Mission oh, yeah. Impossible, yeah. we love Top Gun Maverick, but he's smart as well. And he knows like this isn't sustainable if he just keeps doing these big action set piece films like eventually people are gonna get tired like he needs to show people what he showed in the late 90s that man can act so mm-hmm. well like it's incredible he's so good it's mm-hmm. ridiculous and, and you too is such an such a bizarre director like bardo uh i think i might be the only one on the podcast yeah, yeah. but such a weird film like it's gonna be there's a lot of potential here for tom cruise and him working together um, we all saw, of course, the the Batman Beyond pitch from the the producers of Across the Spider Verse or the Into the Spider Verse. Very similar animation style. Looks like it could be awesome. Sounds like initially when they pitched it, it was a, a complete no. We're now kind of in the maybe territory, and I think uh, whoever leaked it or however it got onto Twitter uh, did the right thing because the the reaction was overwhelmingly like, "Give it now." 
it's Dude, annoying. People are also so fucking quick to like hate. People are like, is every movie gonna look like Spider Verse now? It's like this two movies exactly. have looked like Spider Verse since Spider Verse. And also that style of artwork can fit in so many hero stories. Yeah. So why it's yeah, not like, why, like oh every movie's gonna look like Spider Verse. Like God good. forbid every yeah, movie looks fine. fucking sick. Good. If every animated film was as good as Spider Verse, we're in for fucking money. I don't want like, some Pixar shit. It's great. That animation style in my opinion can fit into so many stories like mm-hmm. even like it's the and someone commented a bad like, band beyond movie dude yeah exactly even like the someone commented from my video like the blue beetles of the world like imagine that character in that kind of yeah. universe mm-hmm. i think it's cool as fuck man like, I'm, I'm really happy with it i think they should and the, the reaction this is like the most interactions i've seen discussing film getting like a, this was crazy <laughs> like, this was crazy the reaction to this so yeah fucking bring it out yeah how many damn like 3d animation style pixar-esque style movies like we've gotten hundreds of thousands of those like we can play about we can afford you know the spider-verse films puss in boots the last witch and a batman beyond to have kind of that more comic-y futuristic-y type animation style but yeah why would you complain about this who cares (laughs) and then uh, avengers 5 no let me share tyler what Give give me the sauce let me share man oh oh shit i didn't even see you were trying to share something yeah, looks looks great. That yeah, that would just be so good. Be you so don't good. think I could do that? Give me like a day, I could animate something like that. Yeah, true, true, true. Get true. get the kid who does the Lego on it. <laughs> he can make it. He uh, he yeah, turns yeah. around those Lego trailers and like yeah yeah that crazy yeah that that cool on the advertising. But uh, Avengers Five no longer called the Kang Dynasty, and then of course Marvel saying they were planning on moving away from it even before Jonathan Majors was fired because of how Quantumania performed. Yeah, That's whatever. Like a classic me when I lie. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's it's clearly because they have to move away from Jonathan Majors. I mean, yes, Quantumania did flop, but a lot of their movies have not done Marvel standards lately. I think they're just kind of using that as a scapegoat. I agree. Disney. And Sony have signed an agreement, so Sony Pictures will take over all of Disney's physical media production going forward. I think this could be great because, I mean, Disney in general for physical media production hasn't been on the ball. I know a lot of the Marvel series specifically, people were asking for years to get like WandaVision on disc, to get Loki on disc, and it took them so much begging. And I remember initially, we talked about in the pod, when WandaVision was initially released physically, like they didn't actually have a disc. They're like, we're going to release a physical copy, oh, yeah. which is going to be like a code to what? And we're like, what are we doing here? But what I think is kind of funny is I feel like Sony, if they're going to release all Disney's DVDs, they're just going to lose all the shipments of like the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies. They're going to just hold on to that Spider-Man. They're going to be like, yeah, we're going to print all of Marvel's discs now in an ultra 4K HD. And then they'll be like, where's all the, where's Spider-Man Homecoming and no way home. And they'll be like, oh, we, we, we can't find them. I'm sorry. Um, but we next have Superman Legacy beginning filming this week. Saw all the cast together. Looks like a fun time. Looks like a Nicholas great cast. Nicholas Holt looks cool. Nicholas Holt with his shaved head, and he's got a little bit of yeah. stubble as well. And then uh, freaking David Cornsweat looking like he's going to be a great casting because he was just towering over everyone. In the loom. I did huge. not realize how tall that dude was. He's, yeah, he's huge. He's a big guy. Isn't yeah. crazy? Yeah. Nicholas Holt's not a small man. And he, he looked I mean, like Nicholas Holt is towering. Yeah, Nicholas Holt is selfie, yeah. and then just David Cornsweat just towering over everybody. So he, he's definitely a force on screen. I was not familiar with this game. Glenn Powell refuses to be an action star. He's going to be a, in Chad Powers, which I, I Cam, I wanted your take on this because I think you know Chad Powers because the Eli Manning. I know. Like, yeah. Fate, like, yeah, yeah. yeah how, is fake, this, like, how is this? Is that a Penn be? State? Yeah, it was Penn State. But how is this going to be a movie? Like, George, I know you. No, this looks know. hilarious. This looks hilarious. I don't know what's going on, bud. Uh, but this, I, well, I guess it doesn't look hilarious. We don't know anything about it. But Michael Waldron and Glenn Powell just teaming up to co write a comedy series about a guy who just can't who what 
what is it? He he fails in high school or he fails in college, so he goes back to high school for his glory days or something. Hilarious. Awesome. It's just crazy that this like meme of Eli Manning faking like he's like a recruit at Penn State became like now a movie with Glenn Powell. Eli Manning's got to be over the last Glenn Powell has been cast to play the Eli Manning <laughs> fake character. Yeah. Eli Manning always just looks like a doof on Monday Night Football, mouth half open, drooling a bit. Now Glenn Powell's going to be playing. <laughs> the Manning cast is the best part of Monday yeah. Night Football. Eli Manning, uh, big win for you this week that Glenn Powell's going to be taking your role. Um, <laughs> Gareth Edwards set to direct the next Jurassic World movie. I think we all saw the creator and said what he did visually is in- incredible. What he did with the story, maybe not the best. So, you know, existing. I mean, we didn't love the Jurassic World Dominion story whatsoever, but I mean, I'm excited to see him in a franchise. I know. Give you more dinosaur slaw. I love it. Yeah, I'll always, I'll always go and see a dinosaur movie no matter what. Even if I hate it, like if there's dinosaurs in it, it's, I'm gonna be buying a ticket. It's better than the worst movie I've ever seen, just because there are dinosaurs. Yeah, that, that's valid. Even though 65 came close for me, but four separate biopic films are in the works about each member of the Beatles that are all gonna be releasing in theaters yeah. in 2027. Sam Mendes is gonna direct each one with somewhat interconnected stories. Um, what wild, weird project. Uh, very this is like very, yeah. I uh, think this could be the worst. Could be really ever. interesting. It could be the worst thing ever. It could be really, really fucking good. But I, mm-hmm. I, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be pretty, I don't know. It's kind of, I do quite like the, the fact they've taken kind of four different routes with it though. I think that's kind mm-hmm. of cool, but it's, it's a risk. It's a big thing to, mm-hmm. it's, this is going to upset a lot of people if you get this wrong. Like really, yeah. really badly, really badly. But, but at least the first one will for sure get the theaters packed because obviously the Beatles are, as, as, as mania as it can get with how many fans yeah. they have. I'm not yeah. necessarily like well-versed in Beatles lore or their m- music, but you know, we'll, we'll give it a shot. I mean, we have three years to prep for it. Maybe I'll start listening to some Beatles to get ready for the, this, <laughs> the BCU, the Beatles cinematic universe coming. Maybe we'll get a, a tease of like a Yoko Ono like spinoff. Like let's see. People would say like Sophia Coppola is going to come out and do like, yeah, that, that was hilarious tweet. That was yeah, perfect. That was um, a, a sequel to Blue Mountain State is in the works. I know Seth and yes! I. Yes! Like, yeah. yeah. well. This is such yeah, shit, man. This show is so, so bad. It's so funny. No, this show's great. And, Alan, so and the funny. fact that they're all returning makes me very excited about it. Did I, anyone from the show do anything other than Alan Richson? I can't. Th- I think that Moran did like a couple of comedy films here and there, but I don't think. The, uh, the cheerleader is the, the main kind one. of fame. What's her name? Um, I know what you mean. I'm gonna look at the cat. I know the coach. George, you need to watch it, man. It's it's yeah. like George, it's so funny. Like it actually is. I'm not huge on American like comedy shows either, but it's so Did you funny. see Johnny Johnny Manziel once in it? Uh oh god. Tyler, he tweeted it was like I would do anything to be in this or something. Denise Richards. Stephen Amell was in Blue Mountain State. Wait, Denise who? Richards. The guy who plays Arrow. Stephen Amell was in the show? Yeah, I said he's Travis McKenna in Blue Mountain State. Hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. I, I, Stephen Amell has made some real, like, stupid comments recently. I love Arrow. Oh, yeah, Lucas Till's in it. He was in that, that uh, I think he's been in some, like, more Disney. Ch- or he's in the You Belong With Me music video, Taylor Swift. But he's Golden Arm, the quarterback they bring he, he in. He was also in uh, the Hannah Montana movie, I believe, with Taylor Swift. Wow. But uh, just a wild, wild that this Kennedy is even going to come to be. in a Transformers at one point. No, the Meg. Yeah, he's the guy from the Meg. Yeah, that's it. 
Is it just me who thought Blue Mountain State was older than it actually is? I didn't realize it came out in 2010. It feels like it's... No, I didn't realize that either. It feels like a 2003 show. Yeah, yeah, like American Pie era, late 90s, Mm -hmm. early 2000s. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, yeah. All-time show to watch in college. I had a good time with it. So funny. Purge 6 is going to be the final film in the franchise. Script is done. I I burned through all the Purges like a couple months ago. It's so shit. Yeah, but they're never like the worst thing I've ever seen. They're always shit, not like terrible. No, I think the recent two with absolutely like the first purge and the forever purge i think they were absolutely awful mm, like yeah. terrible um there's only one good one in my opinion only one anarchy yes that's that's that frank grillo bangs in that he he, he carries mm-hmm. hard for sure uh but yeah i mean the, the, the saga is coming to an end so yeah good uh, do you believe that no do they make money? I don't know. Actually, do, like, do they? they make I'm sure they do. They they're they're all pretty. I mean, especially the first one was like not great. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the first couple. Yeah, I mean, like now kind of thing. But yeah, I don't. I don't think the recent ones might have turned profits, but we'll see. Yeah, they're they're ending the series at least. And then, lastly, we're gonna just gonna shout out Bridget Mendler for probably being like the coolest person of our generation with now being a CEO of her own startup, Northwood Space. So beyond being a Disney yeah. Channel star, beyond being a musician. She has a, a law degree from Harvard Law School. She has a doctorate from MIT. She announced she's a new mother. She adopted in 2020, 2022. She just came out of nowhere. How busy is this no. woman? Jesus Christ. I don't know. She just came out of nowhere with all this yeah. shit, too. I thought she's you were busy time. This, this, this no, is like a quick flex week for her. Yeah, yeah really quick is. flex week. Because she's, she's You're allowed to flex with this. She's gotten so many advanced degrees from the most prestigious universities in the entire world. She's CEO of a space company trying to go to like it's just That's insane. insane. And this is the this is the woman from Good Luck Charlie and Lemonade Mouth. So clearly, I mean, obviously the most successful Disney Channel star in terms of like achieving stuff in life. Miley Cyrus is right up there as well, but just very Selena different Gomez. career paths. Selena Gomez, yeah, I guess um, she's one of the like most famous people. Miley Cyrus was yeah. in a Disney Channel. Yeah, Hannah Montana. You were joking. I thought you were an idiot. <laughs> no, no, no. I watched Tony Montana. Don't worry. iCarly was better, though. That was when I grew up with. Oh, yeah. Facts. iCarly was great. I grew up with iCarly. Jason Earls was like 36 while it's filming. so weird. Montana. I found that out. Like, that all time, like, fun fact is Jason Earls was like 36 filming. It was so weird when I found that out. Yeah, Dude, crazy. he was way too old to be playing a high school student. But it's so weird. <laughs> we'll wrap up our episode of Real Talk there. We went on for over two and a half hours. So we hope you enjoyed this longer episode this week of talking Denis Villeneuve. A lot of glazing of Denis Villeneuve. Getting ready for Doom Part 2 coming out this week. And then also just, you know, the classic movie news and, and Avatar Last Airbender review so make sure that subscribe button if you haven't already shout out as always once again to stefan johnson our executive producer thank you for helping make this possible every single week thank you to all our patrons as well make sure you check it out in the patreon uh, description down below the link to go check out all the different tiers join our discord it's a lot of fun in there and with that we will see you on thursday with a game that cam has for us that we don't really know exactly what it is you'll have to wait and see for thursday what it's going to be and we will see you then peace